Previously on AFTN. I learned that Zach's got very smooth nuts. <laughs> Pistachios, please. Pistachios. If that's what you like to call them. Teach his own. I call mine almonds. Oh. Uh, I, mine's just more cashews. I learned Ugh. that. <laughs> you should get that looked at. <laughs> Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia, the only soccer show on Vancouver Radio, for now anyway. But we really are the only one that you should be listening to. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. And I am trying so hard to stay awake. Because, <laughs> oh, let me think. I got back into this country about just over three hours ago. It's kind of weird to think I've spent the day in another country. They let you back in? Yeah, watching a cup final. And now I'm here to talk about it. Watching a cup final involving a Canadian team. Yes. I mean, today was big cup final day. Let's just get straight to it. Congratulations to the champs. UBC Thunderbirds women, 1-0 winners over Calgary Dinos for their record-extending 7th U Sports National Championship. Well done, ladies. You did us proud. <laughs> well, did Gideon have the call then? No, uh, Rituro was oh, over. Because nice. it, was, it was in Victoria, so it was oh. the, the Uvic Vikes. Good for him. So I, I think that was really the only cup final that was worth talking about I think today. we should have spend our time talking about that. Yeah. Didn't see it because U Sports seemed to be a, a, a trend with Canadian soccer. You had to pay to watch the stream. Way to we could promote the college game. <laughs> yeah, we can just pretend we saw what happened. But no, there was another big cup final today. The MLS Cup in Seattle. The Meteor didn't hit, which was quite good because I was down there. If it had hit... You said you were willing to take one for the team. Yeah, but then I thought about it and I wasn't. <laughs> I'm not that team player, really. It was an entertaining game, I thought. D- did you guys watch it, actually? I watched it, but I was doing other stuff while watching it. Uh, similar. I-, I was working for the first half, and then I saw most of the second half. Oh, but I was a bit par- like, I was parenting well, A bit well. like TFC. They were working for you the first s- half. <laughs> you sent us the clips for later the interview, and it basically said, you have to listen to these. And yes. I go, 
if I got to listen to these, I'm going to listen to them during the MLS Cup because I got to watch that too. I actually really enjoyed it. I was surprised. The opening couple of minutes alone were better than the 2016 final as a whole. There was a part of me, though, that was hoping that Seattle could be in three MLS Cups, not score any goals, <laughs> somehow manage to then win two on penalties, because that would have been a, a, an interesting narrative. But in the end, they won 3-1. All the goals came in the second half. It was a proverbial tale of two halves. Well, if the game had stayed 1-0, and if it wasn't for MLS, it w- they could have still won the cup, two cups without scoring a goal. Because that should have been Oh, a- I guess oh that was an own goal. Yeah, well, they, apparently they changed it. They changed it to... And they mentioned, oh, no. Uh, really? Yeah, the ESPN actually had that. Uh, well, I was watching the ABC, ABC video because I was not going to put myself through TSN. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So I watched the ABC. And so at the end of the game, they said, oh, if you want to have a laugh, uh, they actually gave the goal to Leardham. That oh. They actually ripped MLS for doing that. They are so moronic. That is... That is not that was an own goal. His when he hit the ball, the ball was not going on target, which is the definition yeah, of an own it goal. It took a slight deflection. It and took then two hit, deflections. Hit yeah. Moro and then went in. Yeah, and but on the first one, it's not going on net, and it can't, it can't yeah. be his goal. What that, idiots! That, what a it bunch was, of it was counted. What but a, at least what it's what not a the bunch of morons. Oh yeah, they're 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 so. Man. I mean, to to be honest, I actually only went down to the game because I didn't want to listen to the TSN commentary. <laughs> the things I would do to avoid Stephen Caldwell. Who then awkwardly he's a was very, around me quite a lot. Yeah, he's over a very the nice fellow. He's a nice I don't know. I, I didn't speak to him. Oh. A Scots and Scots. Forget football. How was the media side of thing? Better well, food than Portland? We'll, we'll get to we'll that. Come okay, to that. Right, we'll come right. to that. Because I, I want to talk about the whole thing because we rip MLS a lot on this show. They put on a great show, and Seattle as a city put on a, a, a really good MLS Cup. But we will come to that. There were 69,274 fans in attendance. It was rumoured to be 72,000. There were empty seats dotted about. The top of the TFC section, as well, there was rows that were empty. And there were standing room-only tickets that went on sale this morning for for the Cup as well. But still a fantastic turnout. It was the, the biggest ever attended soccer match in Washington State. So going way back to the NASL days, it was the biggest ever attended sporting event at Century Link Field as well. So it, it was impressive. The fans turned out in numbers, and having been to a number of stadiums and logistically getting in and out when there's a big crowd is problematic. This was very smooth, and like at the end when I left, oh, like a pistachio, yeah. I've been down to Whitecaps games there and it's been trouble getting out an hour to an hour and a half after. Hour and a half after, it's like there was no traffic. Everything was clear. Everything was smooth. Well, everyone was celebrating in a pub or... Yes. The the streets were very loud as I drove through it to, to get back on the I-5. I've got to say that. The pre-game atmosphere was fantastic. The march to the match from the ECS had about four times the normal size. It was a block and a half long. Were you on it? I, I went to it. Oh. I didn't go on it. I was kind of in front trying to take some photos and got caught up in all the smoke. And I think that's possibly why I've been sucking fishermen's friends ever since. Yeah. It's close down to the docks. So but... oh, did you like the flag? There's some flags going? There was a lot of flags going. Yeah. There was a lot of smoke. Um, interesting hearing all the ECS songs about shooting them and, yeah. and things. Yeah. Line them up against the wall and shoot Yeah. That went on for a long time during the march. Basically, they only sang two songs the whole time sure, that yeah. I was there for the march. And it just went on and on and on and on and on. But it, it was it was good, very slow moving. And 
What impressed me the most is at the stadium on all the levels of Century Link, there's bits where you can look out over the barriers. That was packed as people waited to see the march arriving. And it, it was a tremendous atmosphere. Hats off to the ECS. I don't see that very often. I've got some video up on YouTube about a minute and a half and just little snippets of it. It, it was very impressive. And it's the kind of thing... You, you see all that and you see what else went on in the city and you wonder if Vancouver were to host the MLS Cup 10, 20, 30 years' time, would we put on as, as big a, a demonstration as that? The whole city... There was Sounders flags in all the buildings. There was posters everywhere. The hotels had, like, MLS Cup things all over. The the Space Needle was, like, rave green. There was other things lit up as well. The whole city bought into this team. And I'd love that to happen here. Yeah. I don't know if it would. On a bigger scale, I think the 2010 Olympics show that it can happen. Uh, that's a bigger scale, much that's, bigger that's scale. That's true, actually. Yeah. And then, but and when the Canucks have been in the finals, except for the after the last game, uh, it's usually a pretty good atmosphere as well. Mm. Um, after the last game, usually it turns off. But uh, but before that, yeah, it's it's been pretty good. So I think it can I, happen. I also think, to be fair, I know the the numbers are not the same, but there have been big matches with some pretty great marches in Vancouver for both. The, the the local club side yeah. and the national team. But I mean, I'm not even just talking about the March side. If right, it just yeah. the, the whole city yeah, just yeah. bought into the Sounders, and it was all over the TV, it was all over the radio, it was all over the, well, their, the papers. Their ownership group spends money to do that. To, to yeah, that doesn't happen here. I, I, an ownership group spending money. Yeah, actually, two ownership groups that were spending money. That was a lot of the talk in the build up to the game that people were were asking Schmitzer and Vanny about. Oh, what's led to the success? And basically, it boils down to ambition yep. and belief that you can deliver something. And that's what is clearly been lacking here and other markets in the league as well. And as much as we hate them because they're Cascadian rivals and they're Canadian rivals, you have to say well done to both of them. To be in three MLS Cups in four years is a stunning achievement. Now, the, the thing is, is both of them took different routes, whereas the Sounders were consistently in the playoffs but just couldn't get to that final. Yeah, yeah they've never missed where a playoff. Amala, uh, Amala, t- uh, TFC just yeah, basically was, like, were, were horrendous for the first uh, few yeah. years until like the last three, four years, and then, then they turned around really quickly. So they're kind of different things, but both of them kind of came in, and in, uh, I think it was mentioned in the broadcast too, that they both kind of – got the MLS to another stage the Ameri- in their development. The American broadcast? American, um, I didn't listen to you. No, but they, yeah, they, they've, they, they've, did. they've both been rewarded for their ambition. Uh, the ambition with amongst the Vancouver ownership group, it, it's almost non-existent. It is, uh, let's hope we get an, can well, make a playoff and get lucky. They showed uh, ambition initially. It was, uh, might have been false ambition, but it was. Yeah. Yeah. Initially, how, how so? In well, 2010, when they were launching it. Yeah, when they were like, launching it, they were they showing. They were in and yeah. there was the big launch event downtown. Don't you remember top 25 like, in the world? Uh, yeah, I remember. Paul so that's saying that. false that's, ambition. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they had their hopes, and then they were like, oh, you have to spend. Oh, I don't like this aspect of it. Not going to delve too much into the match. TFC were the better team in the first half. Seattle possibly had the two better chances, though, in, in the first half. Goals change games, Michael. They certainly do, and the Morrow own goal was the first one. That and then, a, well, near to his goal. No. Officially. No, no. yeah. Let's go with Morrow. No. It's an own goal. That was an own goal. 
In the record books. In the, in the record book, it will, someone should change it. It's an own goal. We'd been talking in the press box that if TFC got the first goal, we thought they would hang on. Because they were controlling the ball so well in that first half that if they got the first goal, Seattle would start to panic. The crowd would kind of get, get on them a bit. The nerves would come up. When Seattle got that first goal... It seemed to suck all the life out of TFC. Deflated them, yeah. Yes, mm. as if they were like, "Ah, oh, well, we're not going to get get back into this." And you, you just knew that the the big narrative after it would be, "Oh, if, what if Josie Altidore had started?" And I was joking. Oh, I was going to be the questions in the scrum. There was about three questions to two to Vanny, maybe three to Vanny. There was a couple to Altidore. Oh, do you think if you'd started that you could have done better, or did you want to start? I said. But what do you think? Of course I wanted to start. Yeah. And it was just this... It was clearly going to be the narrative. Would really he have made a difference? You honestly don't know. Because they weren't really getting balls into the box. Their final delivery let TFC down today. You don't... Yeah. You don't really know, except for the fact that you do know. Because in both MLS Cup finals that he has, I believe, started both of them, played in both of them, he was hugely influential in both of those. He, you know, he's the one who took that shot that with the big fry save in the 2016 one, and he scored the was it the second goal in the 20, 2017 one. So like he he always yeah. a fit a fit uh, Josie in these games has proven has proven effective. So you can't. Yeah, I mean, like, the, like the, 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 the question him. asked in that in the, some of those ways is kind of idiotic. Would yeah. you have liked to have played? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course not. It's, yeah, no, I was happy, I was happy to sit on the bench until the second yeah. half. Yeah, no. Uh, but I mean, like him or loathe him, he's a quality striker. Yeah, for I'm M- not MLS, a fan of him. Yeah, for MLS, he's the, a- the Seattle fans clearly weren't a fan of him when he came on as well. But well, they might have been U.S. national team fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yeah, you do wonder if he had, if he was good to go half a half. How much could he have gone? But well, half it, a half plus they would have been ready for him to go for thirty more. True. True. He didn't get much of a sniff, and then the game was over. Victor Rodriguez, who got the man of the match, and for me, that he wasn't the man of the match. No. We all got to vote in oh. the press box on the man of the match. Who's over? I Gustav Svensson. Oh, because I, th- I thought I had to be a, de- a defender. Okay, and he put in a good showing. And he was in the build-up. He got the- two assists yeah. as well, and I thought he he put in a good show. But Rodriguez got it. It was a lovely finish. A nice Ro- curling finish. Rodriguez, the although he hasn't been as prolific or as significant in in the, his time in Seattle, he's always felt to me like Toronto's version of Vasquez, who Toronto has really mm. failed to replace, yeah. in my opinion. He changed the game when he came totally. on. I mean, he totally, totally livened them up. And then TFC pressed after that. that nothing was happening. Rui Diaz, a 90-minute. Oh, that was horrendous away. from Mavinga. Mavinga, I thought had a horrible game. No, but he was he was suffering an injury too. He was no, 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 no. no. He should have come off then if he was suffering injury. Like you stay on, you you have to make that play. Why? Why did he stop and try and play the guy instead of just getting to the like? It was it was was, that was bad. Yeah, I have a Raul Ruiz Diaz story that actually is very timely, but it's it's also not timely. So maybe I'll share it another time. Yeah. Well, Alidor did get his consolation goal in, in stoppage time. And, yeah, I mean, it was always going to be the narrative anyway. And then when he got that, it was going to be the narrative. But I think Seattle just deserved it. And it was interesting to hear some people, supporters afterwards, because I was just listening to them talking. Because after the game, lots of folk went down to the 
the press conferences. But I was like, well, the players are on the pitch. There's no point going down. So I actually went down in the stands and got some video oh. and some photos and just listened to the Sounders fans talking. They were talking about that they feel this is the first MLS Cup that they've legitimately won. Hmm. And it's interesting for them to view it like because that. Because they didn't get a shot? Because it was yeah. at home? Because they were there? Well, because, basically because they were outplayed and didn't get a shot in the right. one that they did win, and it was on penalty. So they felt this was deserved. It was played and in think, America. Yeah. America. Overall, I think it was deserved. It was one of those finals that you didn't really want anyone to win. I ended up deciding I wanted TFC to win because of the Canadians on the team. Because of the fact that Bradley's contract was going to get extended, yeah. that would have been hilarious. That would have been six point five. The fact that million, the MLS yeah. champions then would not be in the the, yes. the Concacaf Champions which League, which you asked Garber about. John Garber didn't know about. Oh, we that was go spoiler. Apart, right? yeah. Spoiler. Sorry. That was a real yeah. moronic, well, ignorant answer. That's coming. Intentional up. ignorant. Uh, yeah, Seattle. Obviously, I don't like Seattle, but there are some people there who I respect. There are so yes. there are some people of a long term relationship friendships with, uh, in their supporter uh, community. So uh, you know, been messaging with them today. Uh, are they over the fact that you took that tour of the Cascadia Cup through? Uh, I didn't message that guy. <laughs> no, no, Glenn. I didn't message Glenn. Um, <laughs> he won't care now, probably. But, yeah, that's um, what I mean. Um, um, but uh, uh, Anna or their owner, I have some some respect for him yeah. for how he's handled himself. But Brian Schmetzer. Is a is a really quality fellow who yes. understands who understands football and if you, and understands club football. If you, well, he's a Seattle man, yeah, and he's a sounder through and through. Well, if you go back, if you go back to his just being hired, just being hired to take over from Ziggy Schmidt way back in the day, he basically said, "I understand my role. I am a steward of this club. I'm going to be gone one day, and I just want to leave it in a better place than when I got here, and that's what I've been trying to do my whole time here." And as much as I do not like the fact that he's a flounder, yeah. I do have quite a bit of respect for Brian I, I do as well. He's, he's one of the nicest guys in MLS. And I think because of that, and we've talked about this in the show before, because he is a, a nice guy and he's not ranting and raving to the cameras all the time and stuff, I don't think he gets the respect that yeah. he deserves. Yeah. To guide this team to three MLS Cups is one thing, especially because one of the seasons... They were down and out, yeah, and they had he to took really over. go and He took just, over the yeah, middle season. They had to just He needs to tell reporters to get lost, and then maybe he'll get some respect. Yeah, or, or just be <laughs> controversial and just... More death stares. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, that's obviously what crawls. Yeah. Yeah. Just stand in one position. For them. Yeah. But I'm happy Shave for him. Yeah. There's a couple of other I don't know who we're talking about, though. <laughs> All the same guy. Stephen Egan from Radio Cascadia as well. I spent a lot of time with him. The, the last couple of days as well. I'm really pleased for for Stephen. He's been a Sounders fan. Oh, fan! For, I thought he was years. on the team. And he, th- this was like a dream for him today to see the MLS Cup won in, in his home stadium. He was at the their very first MLS game in the stands and stuff. So, guys like that, I'm I'm really happy for. Big praise for for Schmetzer, but I also want to. Greg Vanny has earned my respect the last couple of years. I wasn't sure he was a great coach. The Greg father. When he, when he took over and didn't, I thought he was a bit grumpy and stuff. And but he had no MLS experience either, by the way. Well, he did as a player. As a player, he had a number of years as a player. I know, but, but no, as, a, MLS I mean, coach. as a coach, I'm talking oh yeah, about. no. <laughs> he has done, and I know he's had money behind him, but he has done a lot with his TFC team as well. The, the two of these guys are two of the best coaches in MLS. But they're two of the coaches that I just think get 
underrated, undervalued. Yeah, the one thing the one thing I, I like to say about Vanny from today, uh, I, I think he did well. To, you know, they had to play Puzwell as a false nine and whatever. Like that was not the ideal, but they they done it before, so they did it again. The only the only thing in the game that I did not like was taking off Ozo. They should not have taken off Jonathan Rosario when they brought on. Yeah, I was, I was sitting beside Aaron was, Oh, Rich, Richie Larea, I think it was. Yeah, Larea came out for Aaron. I was like, that's no. a bizarre Delga- substitution. Delgado probably should have been the one to go off. Yeah, Delgado didn't do very much at all. No, but no. Delgado stayed on because he's better, probably better at being high high pressing and yeah. responsible. Although responsible what I will say is, but you need delivery too. And that's a more important. In the first half, Delgado was in acres of room time and time again that maybe didn't come across on the TV and they just were not getting the ball over to him. Maybe there's a reason for that. Yeah. It, it was an enjoyable cup final. I I'm surprised I enjoyed it as much as I did between the two teams that I, I didn't like. It it was very captivating. The atmosphere really helped. I talked about how good it was in the city. One thing I didn't like, they were playing ads on the radio station about Seattle Sounders, born in 1974, rebirth in nineteen uh, in 2009. It's like, that was not their rebirth. They were in the USL, Seattle Sounders. So you're kind of just ignoring that important part of their history. So stuff like that pisses me off. That everything's probably from some. It's like in, in England, uh, anything before the, the Premier League start, it's kind of like yeah, dismissed yeah. a little bit. Did you get any good hugs in? Um, don't think I hugged any Donny G? Today. No Donny G? No, I did get to speak to Stephen Fry after the game, oh. who for the whole interview ate a jam donut. What kind of jam? Um, It looked like strawberry or raspberry. Oh, you didn't ask? No. Oh. I should have. I can't believe I didn't do yeah. that. So it was myself and Har were talking to him, and I'm probably going to put, we're going to have an extra podcast out this week where we're going to have the full John Herdman press conference that we'll play a snippet of later in this show. Uh, and then we, I did an interview with Harry Ship and no Morris ship. and Fry. Fry's is fantastic because he's like, yeah, well, I was just, and he's just like masticating all the way yeah. during it. He doesn't care. He just won the MLS Cup, right? Yeah. But it was it was kind of bizarre because we were just allowed to wander into the Sounders locker room afterwards. So I got showered with beer at one point. <laughs> I made a mistake of You weren't wearing past, a rain jacket. I was walking past Ladero as someone entered, emptied a can of Heineken over his head. Bad timing. But it, it was kind of really, really weird because you were just I saw wandering you, you around. You put out an Instagram post, right? Yeah. Like it's strange. Thereafter, it, it, was, it was cool. It was exciting. But it felt so weird to kind of be in yeah. there because it's a rival. And you're in their locker room celebrating a, a, a big thing. You were celebrating? You were celebrating? <laughs> Maybe. I, I maybe said, yay, one or two points. <laughs> oh, no. Were they wearing goggles? I didn't even look at the post game. No. Oh, see, that shows that MLS is not top yeah, quality. The, those, those key goggles. The celebratory food, though, was pizza and donuts. So oh. it's like the season's over. You can let your, just, your diet and your body and, and, can go. And they had like, beers? They had Heineken beer. Oh, so well, no. they also had champagne, didn't they? I, I didn't see any champagne. I think as soon as you walked in, though, the smell of booze was like, oh, oh that's shit. remember the what was the? Uh, it's the like vo- Sydney Larue the one Voyager Vo- World Cup. The one Voyager Cup, Cup yeah. where we interviewed Russell yes. Tyburn, and it was like, okay, Russell, <laughs> <laughs> holding your nose while you because you stunk of beer too. Yeah, alcohol. Uh, I've praised Seattle. Yeah, stop it. I want to praise MLS as well. No, just, come on. No, I do. Just Own for, goal MLS. For the organization. You're not allowed to go next Of time. the whole event. 
It was very smooth. It was very professional. No expense spared. They probably could have increased the the league minimum salary for players, judging by how much the the media drank in the the media mixer with the open bar on the Friday night. That could have increased the minimum salary to about 80 or 100,000, I think. My one cider didn't didn't have an impact but what what kind of cider was it um it wasn't dickens it was incline incline cider it's a local okay, moving on washington state i brought some home with me anyway lemongrass that, that is the playoffs over it, for another year the yeah. season's over for another year what have you felt about mls this year has it has it been one of the best seasons that the new playoff structure the playoff I think structure makes it very exciting. I, the playoff structure was great because it, it it was exciting. There was teams going for it instead of sitting back and waiting for, you know, the whole hundred eighty minutes, uh, cup game or whatever people used yeah. to say. I think Robbo said that a couple times. It's a hundred eighty minute game. Yes. It's not a ninety minute game because it was just ninety minutes. People were going for it, and I like that. And it was more exciting because you didn't say, "Oh, I could skip the first game because I'm gonna have to watch the second game anyways." What's the point of watching yeah. the first game? So you watch. You have to watch the game. You're gonna watch. You skipped a lot of first legs in the past. A lot of first legs. It was not interesting to me at all. (laughs) I I liked how close it was in in both conferences as well during the regular season. The positioning went back and forward. LAFC obviously walked first place, but the other spots in the West were like down to the wire. The thing is, the other part of the playoffs is there was no international break either in between. And so everything went. I know people didn't like the weekday games. But you still... Yeah, well, that was an interesting they hit, they thing. They hit the things. Because they got really good numbers for that. I was quite surprised. Well, no, they're going to get good numbers because on the weekdays, you maybe got an NBA game or you got mm. a... We well, had the World Series. You keep it a, you keep it away from the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, anything but, from away from yeah, the NFL. Well, the numbers today, in the stadium were bad. 12 o'clock kickoff was not ideal because no. you're catching the end of the first games. And when I went down but, to the concourse at halftime, instead of having the, the game and the Seattle. analysis and the thing, they were showing Cardinals... Against the Buccaneers NFL game, oh, and, and everyone second, was there, right? The like second half, yeah, second half started, and the amount of folk that were still in the concourse watching the the football and eating their their food and stuff. I'd gone down to take photos around the stadium, so I was making my way back. I couldn't believe it. You're at an MLS Cup. The tickets have cost an arm and a leg, and you're you're sitting watching some TV. That's America. Yeah, but season is over. Now the fun part starts. The trade window. Opens Monday, 10 a.m. Pacific time. The time that most folk are going to be listening to this when the podcast, there's there's probably going to be some big trades already made. We're going to talk about some of the rumoured trades when we do headlines in part five. The Whitecaps, they might be kind of busy in, the, in this trade window. So we'll talk about that next week. I'm really curious to see how busy they will be. Maybe Freddie Montero could get traded in this window. That was one thing we were talking about. You know, it's nice that Seattle has their two MLS Cups, but Vancouver has been able to enjoy two Seattle uh, legends. Yes. Yeah. And it'll it'll cut on their their expenses for their coffee shops. They don't want to travel as much to get to there. I'd hoped to pop in on the way home today, but I just had to get back for the show. But that is it for the MLS Cup chat. Don't worry about that. There's no more of that coming. We've got a lot more in store. We're going to hear from Don Garber. We're going to hear from John Herdman. We've got Derek Cornelius, Marcel de Jong, Ben Fisk, and a lot of football chat. And we'll be back after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Germany in the 45, my mind was 
Working for the Yankee Dollar by the Fife Band, The Skids, from 1979, released this week, 40 years ago. Yes, we're still doing the 1979 stuff. And of course, everyone in MLS, whether they're based in Canada, whether they're based in the US, everyone is working for the Yankee Dollar. And when you're working for the Yankee Dollar, none more so than Don Garber. <laughs> well, he's working for his, his own dollars. What does he make, like five million or something? I don't know. They don't release his salary. Really? I don't know. I'm sure they buy Do it down they? with Gam or Town. Anyway, you are back listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. We're not working for the Yankee dollar here on the AFT and Soccer Show. We're not really working for any dollars, sadly, but... We're going to talk a little bit about the MLS State of the League address that, that Don Garber gave. But before that, we mentioned about the, the trade window that is opening for the Whitecaps on Monday and all the other MLS teams. But there's also been some other rumours of players linked with the Whitecaps out with of MLS. And Steve... It's going to tell you about those now. Yeah, there's a couple of Twitter tweets that came out this week. Uh, one is Juan G. Oranjo. Uh, I think he's a Colombian or Venezuelan uh, reporter, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he goes there. He tweeted out there are MLS teams already making an offer for Lucas Cavallini. Um, he's been on a hot streak right now uh, down in Mexico, and obviously he played well in against the U.S. Um, then Rafael Saz, uh, another South American reporter, says Kevin Aquato uh, has basically already made a deal. And uh, this is a translate, loosely translated. He's already made a deal with an MLS team. He's a Peruvian. I think he's a plays right wing or left wing. You play either side, mostly right wing. Um, and I think you were mentioning before that uh, there was rumors that Mark DeSantos was going after a Peruvian international. Yeah, he, he's definitely been looking at a Peruvian. And he was down in California watching Peru against Argentina and sought out the thoughts of Jordi Reyna as well as to, to to what he thought of the player. So, yeah. I mean, it didn't specifically mention the Whitecaps. Yeah. But Peruvian coming to MLS. Yeah. Whitecaps looking at Peruvian kind of put, yeah, put them together. Might be wrong. <laughs> Might be two and two equals That's five. That's never happened before. No. Not on this show. And finally, uh, one of the uh, better or most uh, respected uh, sources out there, Steve Han uh, from South Korea, mentioned that Lee Chung-young's contract with Bochum expires at the end of the season in June. He was close to playing in MLS in talks with Vancouver last year, but opted to remain in Europe. Should be interesting to see if he stays with Volcom or somewhere else in Europe or comes to MLS. I think he was a captain and he plays it as a number 10. MLS did tell us last week when we had our sit-down interview that he has a target in Asia. So maybe that is his target. I guess we'll soon find out. Everyone's just wanting... And the thing is, people. We do have to wait. Yeah, and the thing is, people. If they they don't make these signings that are being reported right now, it doesn't mean they failed. It means (laughs) something else has happened that stopped them from signing them. Yes, and as Mark told us last week, players he's interested in other big clubs are are, interested too. Yeah, and it's like 
would you pick a move to say Chelsea or Inter or the Whitecaps? Well, Olivier Giroud apparently yes. he's got a five million five million pound uh, uh, price yeah, on him or from, something from Inter. Yeah, and it's like mm, no Inter, Chelsea. Chelsea wants fi- him. Chelsea put a five million dollar and said, "If you want him, pay us five million pounds and you got him." I don't yeah. see that happening with the Whitecaps. Yeah, he's not coming here. But that's nothing. Five million pounds. Well, it five, is five for million MLS. pounds is the equivalent of about eight and a half million US. Canadian dollars. As you, a transfer fee? That's nothing, though, in world football. No, it's but nothing, it is but I'm MLS. telling you for MLS it is. Not even for the Whitecaps, for that's MLS. Like, that's a, well, it's a record-breaking one for the Whitecaps, obviously. It's but not like for, no, eight, million, it's eight a, million more. There's a number of teams who spend more than that in MLS. Yeah, but there's not been tons no, that's of, of big, big things like that. But let's get back to our MLS talk. And, yep, Don Garber. Gave a state of the league address. Oh, we're going to have to listen to Danny G again. Just a, just a couple of little bits. He spoke for an hour. But what I've done is I've put together some of the more Canadian content. Um, and I only want to play a little bit of it because I want to talk about, about some of the things that he said. Some of you will have heard it. Some of you will have watched the video. Some of you won't have it, I know. So he, just some key excerpts and, and questions. He talked up the league, naturally enough, he, he would do that. He feels the best years of the league are still to come, citing the fact that you look at all the other major sporting leagues in America and they've got like 100 years of history. But the MLS, it's going to be celebrating its 25th year anniversary next year. They re- unveiled the, the new kind of 25-year logo that they're going to do. So he feels you're going to they're see... They're changing the, the logo again. Changing the logo again. It's basically very similar, but it's... 25 and I'm sure it had like stars on it there are stars on it right now is there? Huh. yeah the bicycle stand logo I can't remember it's a massive star in the middle of the field it was, it was very interesting that the, the MLS branding was all black and gold stuff MLC <laughs> colours <laughs> apparently that that was it's been like that before but it's like why would you pick the branding of a team and then the team that was the supporters shield things as well but anyway but maybe, maybe they purchased this no thinking they were going to be in the MLS Cup. Oh, maybe. <laughs> but play a little bit from Don Gabber just now with a Canadian bent, and then we'll talk about a few of the things that he had to say. We are the league. Hey, Don. Uh, Matt Pence from The Athletic. Um, this is the first time the Sounders are hosting MLS Cup, but Seattle got to host back in 2009. Um, I was wondering if you could reflect... Um, how much, or what do you think is the biggest thing that has changed about the league throughout this decade and this time in between? And what role did the Sounders play in that transformation? Well, it has transformed from uh, a league on the rise to a league that has arrived as one of the great major leagues in our country and I think uh, existing as one of the top leagues in the world. And I say that not just because it's my opinion, it's how our attendance is ranked, it's how we're perceived by the top clubs in the world, how we're perceived by FIFA and by CONCACAF. And I don't think we would be here today if it wasn't for Seattle. I can remember attending our first, my first game here and thinking that uh, if we can do this in Seattle, it shows that if you go to a sophisticated soccer market and you have the right location for your stadium, you have an engaged ownership group that understands the game, you have the right technical staff, you have the right uh, connection with supporters and, and m- marketing and managing how you're positioning your, your club in a marketplace, uh, then we are going to be successful in other cities that can be positioned like this. 
And uh, I used to think of it as an outlier. We used to talk about Seattle as an outlier because we were playing in uh, a football stadium and have a strategy and still do to focus on soccer-specific stadiums. Uh, and I can sit here, ta- sit here today and look at the folks from Seattle and say, without you and all the commitments that you've made and the energy that you've put behind this league, we're not the league that we are today. So my hat's off to, to all of you and great gratitude. Hey, Don. Mickey Turner from The Athletic. I wanted to ask you about some news that broke uh, today. Ottawa Fury uh, announced that they're uh, no longer going to be uh, you know, operating in the USL because of sanctioning issues with CONCACAF. Uh, as you know, you've got three teams in Canada uh, that operate outside of their domestic lead. I'm wondering if you're concerned about um, any sanctioning issues with CONCACAF down the line uh, when, if you guys have a waiver or something like that, if that were to expire. So you're referring to the Ottawa Fury yes. uh, not going forward because they weren't sanctioned? I hadn't read that. I, I read they weren't going forward, but I didn't read why they weren't going forward. That's what their owner is indicating the okay. reason is. So uh, let me just give you a couple of Canadian points, and I think it'll play in, unfortunately, to a longer answer to your question. Uh, when we went into Canada with Toronto, appropriate that we have TFC in our championship game, uh, we really believed that, that Canada was going to be a great soccer country uh, very sophisticated, understood the game, uh, great uh, media interest with Bill Bell, big partner of ours in TVR uh, in Quebec, uh, lots of sponsors interested, but most importantly, a sophisticated soccer market. That led to us expanding in Vancouver and Montreal, and I believe that our league is really driving the sport in that country. Uh, I said in 2006 at an opening press conference that uh, our goal was to help grow the sport, both at the youth level the uh, sort of transitional phase and at the first team level, and hopefully it would drive success for the Canadian national team. And certainly, having been up at the the, uh, U.S.-Canada game in Toronto, it's fair to say the Canadian national team's getting a lot better. Uh, So I believe that we are a very, very important part of the Canadian uh, soccer story, and I believe the CSA believes that. I believe CONCACAF believes that, and I'm very confident that our contributions to the sport are recognized. Uh, whether it's about long-term sanctioning or short-term sanctioning, I have great confidence with the north of a billion dollars that we've invested in our clubs, in our training grounds, in our facilities, that those three teams will be in Canada for as long as we can possibly imagine. Uh, Michael McCall, AFTN. Following on, actually, about CONCACAF, we could be in a position on Sunday where the MLS champions could be Toronto and they would not be able to play in the CONCACAF League next year. Is there any indication that the league in the future might talk to CONCACAF or the US Federation to ensure that the MLS champion will always have a berth in that competition? You know, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of this. I should have been. I wasn't aware of this till I was in a CONCACAF meeting last week. Uh, and it was something that was uh, set up when we had our first uh, teams in Canada. Uh, and it is something that I personally think we should talk to U.S. soccer about. It does seem odd to me that our champion shouldn't get an automatic berth into the Champions League, whether it's in Canada or it's in the United States. But uh, to be fair, I wasn't aware of it until a week ago. Uh, but uh, we'll sit down with U.S. soccer and see if there's anything uh, that can be done, and I don't know that there will be. Nicolas Martineau, TVA Sport. Uh, Mr. Commissioner, I asked you the same question last year, uh, but as the relationship progressed with uh, CPL and uh, the commissioner up there, uh, Mr. Clanahan, 
And if so, how has it progressed since uh, last year? We really don't have a relationship with uh, the CPL at all. Uh, and I, I think that's a missed opportunity for the sport of soccer in Canada. Uh, but having been involved in MLS in the earliest days, it's really hard to launch a sports league, right? And really, really hard to launch a soccer league. So right now, I think the CPL is very focused on trying to get their teams launched and get rosters together and get the right uh, competitive environment to get the right facilities. And at the right time, we'll figure out what that looks like. Uh, but uh, I, I uh, said this in my opening remarks in answer to one of the questions. I think it's important that professional soccer continues to grow in Canada. And I think you've seen in a very short period of time with so many great players that have either come out of MLS academies or playing in MLS teams, Canadian MLS teams, that if we continue to remain focused and the CPL grows, then the Canadian uh, national team on the men's side will get better. And I think that's an important objective of us all. Don't mess with the league. It's another part of that song. Parts that, of that interview sounded like an own goal to me. Yeah. I mean, that was <clears> a, a very brief snippet of the stuff that he talked about. And we're going to talk about some of the stuff that we didn't in, include there anyway. But, but we were just chatting about it there. The, the more I hear him talk, he sounds like Donald Trump to me. Just not with what he's saying. He's not trying to build a wall. Well, maybe for free kicks to stop Canada scoring against the US and... <laughs> in Orlando on Friday night, but just the way he words things and his inflections and just tone. But then you guys were saying he just sounds like any other normal businessman that's just trying to sell his business. Or definitely any other normal commissioner. Mm. So a few Canadian things to, to chat about there. And we'll, we'll talk about the Ottawa Fury situation in part four. There's a situation with the Ottawa Fury. Mm. Huh. Um, but could MLS teams be in danger down the road? We'll get into the whole Ottawa thing, as I say. In summary, they weren't sanctioned by CONCACAF, so they can't play next year in the USL. Could MLS teams find themselves in trouble in years to come? Now, just now, they'll argue, well, CPL is not comparative to MLS, and it's not. No matter whether you say it's Division 1 in Canada or whatever, it's not on a comparative level, salary-wise... Personalities wise, that's playing history the wise, like considering it's 25 wise, yeah. years different or I, whatever. Was it 25 or 25 next year? Yeah, yeah 25. I genuinely don't think the CPL will reach that kind of MLS level, but does it need to, to reach that level for the Canadian teams to be pulled from it? The simple answer to your question is could, could it happen? Yes, it could happen. Is it likely to happen? Maybe, you know, when you look at the other situations around the world, prob- probably not. And if it does, I, I, I think it would be quite a ways down the road. Yeah. It would certainly be after the 2026 World Cup. Yeah. I think you may... I mean, it would be hard to take Toronto out of it as MLS Cup winners. Montreal, Vancouver could decide that they want to sell 
to a team that can't get in because they've that, got no that more is, spots. Yeah, yeah, that is the biggest. And we've mentioned that before yeah. too. Yes. Like as soon as all the expansion teams dry, uh, you know, the money dries up, and if there's more American teams that want to get into MLS, there might be an opportunity for them if they don't want to be around a league where it spends that much money they want to be going to a, a more fiscally uh, you know that's a yeah. spending we, league that, yep. that's what it comes down to yeah. basically yeah. I mean if if all the Canadian teams decide yeah we're going to spend we're going to compete with the best in MLS then there's no reason for them to move yeah. on if they're T- not and they're not going to compete and they're constantly missing the playoffs yeah TFC will never go to a CPL no I will 100% guarantee that they will never go to CPL Montreal and Vancouver, I say more than a 50% I, chance. I, I don't know that Montreal will now with the Quebec teams that's going to be coming in. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, the, ten, more than 10 to 20%, uh, oh, sorry, 60 to 70% chance they would come go to CPL in about 10, 15 years. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to, to keep an eye on, but I mean, it's a long, long way down the yeah. road. But, but just so I would mention it just because it was a question that was asked. Now, the the whole thing about if TFC had won today, they wouldn't Great be question. playing in the, the CONCACAF Great Champions Great question, League. Michael. Thank you. you know, Donny G hadn't even thought it, about it. It's moot. Till. It doesn't matter. But Well, he did think about it last week. Yeah, when, some, when he was at a CONCACAF meeting, they are like, hey. Yeah, it's like, oh, crap. I never thought of that. Those pesky Montreal folk. Because it wasn't a problem in 2017 because TFC had won the Voyager's Cup. Yeah, he's too busy counting all his money, probably. But... To be serious for a minute, it is a big issue and it's an embarrassment if the MLS champion can't play in Champions League because it's Champions League. Yeah, and even when the TFC was in there because they won Voyager, they didn't represent MLS, they were representing yeah. the Voyager's Cup. They're allocated to federation. For anyone that's in know, the sports are allocated per federation yeah. to decide how they want to use them. But also to be fair, Michael, the Champions League is not a descriptive, it's a just a simple I know. title. I'm I mean, old-fashioned. I know, I agree with you. I like the I European like it. Cup yes. when it was proper champions. And early in the Champions League, it was still that way, early on. Yes. I, I miss yeah. those days, yeah. Now you can have a fourth place team in yeah. a league become well, champions. Fourth place it. crappy English sides going, yeah. Yeah. But they, they should look that no matter what, the Liga MX champion should be in, the MLS champion should be in. In a couple of years' time, I feel the CPL champion should be in once yeah. the league's a bit more established as well. Next year, yeah. I also feel the Guatemalan champions, the Honduran champions, they should be in. Yeah. It's Champions League. They shouldn't have to go through ridiculous amounts of qualifying just to get their foot in the door. I know they're going to get hammered if they come up against the, a big team. The thing is, though, then, I think it's 31 nations in CONCACAF. So then you're looking at... Yeah, then it gets tricky. It's like... Then yeah. you do, then you got to do like a, just a home the and away knockout. champion get in. And yeah. yeah. Trinidad and Tobago, do they get two champions in? <laughs> I knew. St. Kitts and Nevis. I mean, there's four spots <laughs> wrapped up there. Turks and Caicos? Or oh, no, that's, six yeah. spots. The, the the thing that we tweeted out, and several folk tweeted this out, was there's no relationship with the CPL. It was a missed opportunity. He had a dig at the CPL when he was here in Vancouver as well a couple of months ago. This should never be that close a relationship between the two leagues because there doesn't need to be. MLS clearly want to control and dictate what the CPL do. It's never happening. The CPL is never going to agree to it, and nor should they. No, because they want to keep them down in order to elevate the MLS teams, and that's what they want to do. And 
Could there be a working relationship in terms of loaning players? Yeah, there should I be. I would like to see that. And, and there was this year, right? I do. F- yeah, but spots, I do feel that often. was a bit of a missed opportunity as, as well because we should have had, instead of our guys in under-23 playing VMSL All-Stars, these guys should be loaned to CPL teams. Hey, Inter-Miami FC's David Norman got to play in this True. In this well, see, it's nice that a, a new David Beckham team is, is respecting the CPL. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm one of those people who's happy that there's no, and hope there won't be any kind of relationship between the two leagues because... Uh, along for the, the the Canadian League needs to stay the course of what they've said. We want to learn the good things MLS has done, yep. and we want to the business side of it. Yeah. yeah, and we want to avoid the bad things that they've done, including which I've heard league people mention things like, oh, oh yeah, transparency, <laughs> which they're still working on. But. Yeah, they they need to be a lot more transparent. It always fails, and we know that MLS. It, it's like they're just paying lip service to Canada because they have to because there's three teams in there. And the more that you hear things talking, the the more that comes to, to light. One of the questions which we, we didn't put in there was he was asked about the American national team. And it was a valid question. It's like you take credit when the American national team is doing well for developing American players. Now they're going through a bit of a funk. So surely you should take the hit for that as well. And he kind of fudged around that answer. No. Yeah. I mean, the only way like own to improve fudge? domestic players is, A, pay domestic players their worth. And we won't get into this again because we got into this a couple of weeks ago. But they're undervalued. Wayne Rooney, when he's speaking up on behalf of domestic players, I mean, that, that's a great thing. Nick Romando sp- spoke about it as well when, when we chatted to him a couple of weeks ago. Have domestic quotas as well. So you have to play your set number of things like the CPL do with Canadian. Get Canadian or get American minutes for under-21 players like the CPL. Mexico also. Yeah, these are all things that they can do. And I would have liked to have asked a follow-up to that, but ultimately I don't care about the American national team, so I I, I just left that. But yeah, if they want to really develop the American player like they say they do, there's things that they need to do to, to improve that. Now, expansion was talked about a couple of times during the the thing as well. Miami and Nashville join next year. Austin join in 2021. St. Louis in 2022. And the new team, Sacramento, in as number 29, also in 2022. Hashtag Ballsack. That didn't catch on. You were right. (laughs) One spot to go if they stick to the 30 teams, which we know that they won't. (laughs) One spot to go. And he's indicated it's basically, it seems to be between Charlotte and Phoenix. Charlotte apparently seemed to be the favourites. And an interesting point was then raised about soccer-specific stadium. Because Phoenix have it. Phoenix could go right now yeah. and play in a stadium. Charlotte is going to be playing out of a football stadium, a throwball football stadium. The pigskin. And he's like, well, it's going to be fine because we're going to see how it's all done. And it's going to be like soccer... Uh, favourable and all that kind of stuff. Surely that's better than playing on a baseball diamond. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he was asked a question as well about you're five years into NYCFC, they're still playing in a baseball stadium that they can't even play in when it comes to the playoffs at times. And again, fudged around that answer. Oh, gee. At some I'm, point, I'm, they I'm, need I'm, to say soccer-specific stadium. I'm guys. so glad I... Like, I when I read it, I didn't read it fully that when you put SSS, 
I I got concerned about it initially, but I'm glad I figured it out. <laughs> well, it is, yes. it is about NYC. Yeah. I, I know we're talking about someone called Dawn, but this, this is okay. This is the, the least offensive Dawn that we're talking about this weekend. Can MLS be the top league they want to be if they won't pay to get the quality players here? And there was a lot of discussion about salary cap and designated players. And then Bob Foose, the MLS PA uh, president, had a, a conference call on Thursday talking about how he wants to get rid of Tam and Gam. Yeah. They're ready for a strike and all this kind of stuff. And Let's have it. Garber against dismissive of that. And it's like, no, no, the players are unified. We expect that. And he, he still says that they're going to be a top league by 2026, and he says it's based on attendance. That's what they're basing it as being the top league, not so much the quality players in the league. But if you're going to have a cap and you're going to have three quality players, and I know Vancouver would miss out. If they opened it up and it was a free-for-all, the amount of players that's going to say, I want to come to Vancouver, will be less than Miami, New York, LA. Mar de Santoso told us last week there's players that want to come here, but because of the MLS mechanisms, they can't. Yeah, but okay, that was the one. That was one thing we didn't touch on last week when he talked about that. They're not using the things that they can do to bring in those good players, anyways. Yeah. So you can't you can't say, oh, the gamut Tam is holding us back. No. Your owners need to spend on actual right. designated players. He's indicating now, though, that they want to do that and they can't do that. No, yes, they can. Well. They, they've, well, it depends. They, they gave to, those do, tags do to those guys. Do you want guys. to make your designated player an MLS player? Or they, do you want to bring a, an MLS, a, a new person to MLS for that DP tag? That's part of the thing. Because the, they, the they, They're the ones who made the decision yeah, about those players. But the players he's talking about are not going to be DP players. They're going to be players that's going to be GAM or TAM players. But again, yeah, we're not doing that either. How successful can MLS be in world football? Can it be the league that they want to be? The can best. It be the, can it be the league of choice? And if no. so, how? No, long it never will, it will be. It never will be. And let's not. Why? Why does it have to be the league of choice? Like it, it can be a successful league without being the league of choice. Europe will always have yeah. that draw to the players that want to play at the best. It's the same thing in any other sport. If you're looking at ice hockey. NHL K League, right? No, NHL oh. is the best league in sport. People will still come to the NHL first before they go to other leagues. Any I don't know, Fife Flyers do quite well. And definitely any other sport, it's always North America because all the other sports barely have a league anywhere else. But it's it's basically that. It's Europe will always have the first draw. Unfortunately for a lot of people, it's England right now because England has spends a way more money than everybody yeah. else does. And ultimately for many players it, it just comes down to money. Yeah. For some, it's quality of life. That's how a lot of players do come over to MLS. And that's players that's come to Vancouver have talked about how good it is here and they really enjoy... There's an article in The Guardian that we'll discuss later, maybe in the upcoming weeks, but but, uh, it's too long and I recommend people reading it. It's about players that have come over from Europe and they discuss, you know, what the positives and the negatives and all this other stuff is. So it's a really good article. We'll discuss it later. I mean, uh, as, as an immigrant myself... The quality of life over here is so different. Yeah, you people. P- what, what you come? Yeah, I know. I'm, I haven't got my poppy on. <laughs> Mine's on my jacket there. You, uh, you came over for your wife, though. Well, I it wasn't like a Russian bride, <laughs> if that's what you mean. No, sorry, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't just come over on some kind of trolling thing trying to find a Canadian wife. <laughs> Canadian wives are us dot com. 
Caitlin, I'm sorry. Okay, I didn't mean it to sound like that. Yes, uh, she she was living with me in Scotland for five years and couldn't get a decent job. I hated my job. And you thought, were like a big banker, weren't you? I was a bank manager. Yeah, yeah I made decisions on folks' lives. You fired Dolores. <laughs> was it Dolores or something else? I don't get Oh, Anne. 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 Somebody. I knew it was yeah. somebody. I, I didn't fire her. I just made her cry. <laughs> and she's retired now, possibly dead, because she was quite old. <laughs> Tough love. Uh. Tough. If you're not doing your job, you have to be told. It's the Mark you, DeSantis approach. Yeah, you should, be, you should work. I think that's how Mark and me get on so well. Yeah, you should work in the FO. We could, we could cut some of that dead weight. Oh, I'd love to do that. MLS has its knockers. So does the NWSL. But... I think it has come on leaps and bounds. And one of the, the other questions Gary was asked was, the MLS Cup was here in 2009. Ten years later, it's back in Seattle. How have you seen the league grow? And it has. And it's getting better and better. And the quality of football this year, I do think, was excellent. I enjoyed... Maybe, maybe not in Vancouver. I, see, I think because Vancouver was so bad, yeah. I ended up watching more MLS yeah, yeah. games just to kind of... Do it, but then when you watch those games, it feels like it's a completely different league. You said you said that multiple times. Yeah, on the, and it, on the it, show it does. Hopefully, that changes next year. But it, it was a good chat. If you haven't seen it, it's an hour chat. It's on the MLS website. It's on YouTube. Check it out. If, if you need someone to put yourself to sleep, just go put Donnie G <laughs> on. Fall asleep to that. Well, you'll be glad to know that's all the MLS chat for the show. Oh, no sweet. more MLS chat. We're going to be back after the break with the big game that's this week. Canada, US, part two. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Big shoes, indeed. Oh, was that Goldie-looking chain? Goldie-looking chain. Our artists of the month from their brand new album, original pyrite material. Your shoes are pretty small. Yeah, I've got small feet, small hands, small ears. Caitlin's a very disappointed lady. Original pyrite material, the new album from the GLC. It's a nice little pun on original pirate material, which is a rap album by the streets back in the day. Back in the day. And welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. So I played that song from the new album, Skin Tight, because Canada, US, John Herdman, skin tight shirts. You know he likes to wear them. He rocks a skin tight polo. So that one's for John. That's an interesting connection point there. It's a great segue. Yeah. So natural. It's Canada, US, part to do. That's kind of my French. Do? Do, do. <laughs> this time, people can actually see the game. Because it was announced this week that the game is going to get shown on Bell, 
Rogers. Tell us. Tell us. No Shaw, though. On Tell Us, it's on 997, the pay-per-view channel, but it's going to be free. But yeah, No Shaw, which is obviously bigger here in BC and in Alberta. And maybe Shaw will come round and decide to show it. But I thought that was a little bit odd that they they weren't in it. That aside, I am You're delighted. I'm on Tell Us, yeah, I'm fine. I've got one tell us anyway, more. so I'm fine. But I like to watch things on my big TV. <laughs> I have two. Remember that? <laughs> Mr. Flash. Tell me what a rerun is. Well, I was listening to the wireless the other day, playing my gramophone <laughs> records. I remember my first TV. It had a wire for the remote control that you had to plug in. It wasn't like your infrared stuff that you have these days. You had a remote, a plug-in remote control. Yeah. Like on a game console. Yeah, that's how old I am. Well, I my first one just you had to go up and turn the knob. Yeah, me too. Oh. And it was very like deep. My dad's first remote was him poking me to change the channel. <laughs> yeah, I think we probably had a knob one as well before we had the. You can say I was the knob. Yeah. <laughs> Steve the knob pander. <laughs> If I hadn't already bought your Christmas present, had I got something made up for that? Which, incidentally, I've bought both your Christmas presents this year. They're both arriving well, this week. They're in the mail. Oh, so I'm actually organised. They're You're not going to so get so your presents. They're not going to Chinese will are sending it earlier. They're not from China this year. Do you guys? Do you guys want matching presents? Like you have to open at the same time. I nearly got you two matching stuff. So you guys want? Or, I don't care. I've oh. gone a bit out of the box for Steve. So it's not in a box. <laughs> I can put it in a box. Anyway. I think get, I'm going to go with matching ones. Let's I, get back I, I, to, I've been stockpiling all year for you two. It'd be hilarious if we bought the same thing. No, we did not. Is it Lego? No. Oh. I mean, if you want more Lego, I can get more Lego. No, I still haven't finished the Doctor Who thing. Oh, get on it. I, know I think I bought my own, I think I'm myself one of those, <laughs> but I haven't built it either. Let's get back to Canada, US. So, a month has passed since the first game in Toronto. Historic night, historic win for Canada, 2-0, well-deserved. When you look back on that now and the subsequent fallout and meltdown by it in the US media and, and elsewhere, how are you looking back on that? It felt historic at the time. Everyone was caught up with the emotions. Is it still as big as it felt now that the dust has kind of settled? No, because now it's on to the next game. No, it's still huge. And if you can... if the, I think... I think there will be a little bit of it'll be a little bit anticlimactic if they don't yeah, get a result and in advance. That's my worry now. There it will be uh, not 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 overall because no. overall it was a fantastic but you, You've run, moved but, into the but hex. Just in this, you don't want to lose this one for and this, then move out of the Yeah, hex. for this process right now that they're in, it'd be nice if they could just get a result and then move on. If they don't get that result, then it does feel a little anticlimactic. But I still think it was a fantastic well, By result, win. you mean like something that allows them to get into the hex? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Oh yeah, because if they win, if they draw, they'll move forward in the, the Nations League as well, right? Yes. A draw, a draw. Yeah. Will, no, if they if they don't win and they still move on to the hex, then I then the, the, I still think I think it's the, there's no anticlimax. But right now it's, it's up in the air. I think they can lose one now and still yeah. win the group. So, yeah. yeah. No, for me, no that no was a historic occasion that you'll never. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's just fantastic. I mean, you, when you speak to the players after it, it just meant so much to them and. A few of them weren't as surprised as perhaps some of the, the supporters were by it, but we'll, we'll come to that when we speak to one of the players later in this part. But the squad was announced on Friday, and there were some interesting additions. Dominic Zator, from Whitecaps FC2 to PDL to CPL 
to national team call up. That is a great rise for Dominic. Zuko. Now, is he listed as a right back or a fullback? He is. Yeah, which is odd. Yeah, he has been playing in a back because apparently he's not fast enough for football. Yeah, I do remember <laughs> before Cavalry was here, I was speaking to somebody within the Whitecaps organization. And I was saying, oh, a few players might interest MDS, maybe. Dominic Zato. And they were like, no, no, no. He was here. He had his chance. I was like, no, he's had a really good season. I think he's he's kind of come on leaps and bounds, you know, by actually playing regularly. And by, by like, advancing in things like the Voyager's Cup. Yeah. Winning the, winning the league. But two CPL players in this squad, Didich and again yeah. as well, there was some I saw some chat on Twitter. Is it just again talking about lip service in, in part two, but is it just lip service or have they earned their spots? Because uh, well, neither uh, of them's gonna uh, play in the game. Yeah. No, I think this is uh, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B kind of thing. I think they've earned it. But I think it I think John Herdman's not uh unaware of the fact that this also helps uh the game in other ways. Yeah. It does show to Canadian internationals that's maybe playing overseas, look, come back and play in the CPL yeah. as opposed because you're not going to get forgotten about yeah. as opposed to third tier Germany. Or, or like, yeah, remember like Klinsman would be like, yeah, if you play in MLS, it's not so good for your career when he was coaching. Yes. It's like, no, with this, it's like CPL can help you. There were some omissions from the squad. Russell Tybert's not in it. Atiba not in it again. The reason being that he he's old. Yeah. Is basically well, they said, personal, said. they said personal reasons, I think. That's he what he hasn't for. been playing in the European games for Bishop to say that they've kind of tried to cut down his travel yeah. just to, to save him for the, for the league games. Laren, I think. Kyle Laren was, a pers- was personal reasons. Personal reasons, but I think the personal reasons are that he's he might be sold in January and they don't want to risk an injury or something like that, I, possibly. I, he's lighting it up. I think he's got he's on loan in, in Holland, games. right? The, the personal reasons for Laren, I, I took it to be, was that he's wanting to establish his club career year and get settled in that before yeah, he he's currently back. in belgium belgium oh. that's it so that's where his goals have become coming this year so he's i'm pretty sure he's on loan there from basictus oh, and he will yeah he's on loan from basictus it's ending his loan is ending in june 30th of 2020 so he's got a full year loan yeah i mean I, I, no real surprise in the squad and on paper it looks a hell of a good strong squad yeah and it, you've got to feel optimistic going into the second game now, there were many things that John Herdman talked about on a conference call on Friday. I'm going to bring you the whole call for our extra subscribers, so that will be coming out on a podcast probably on Tuesday. So become an extra subscriber. Yeah, 22, 23-minute podcast. We'll also bring you some interviews that we talked about from after the MLS Cup today as well. So if you're not a subscriber, three pounds, not three pounds, three dollars <laughs> a month. Three pounds of chocolate to Steve's yeah, home three, address. Three pounds of chocolate to me would be great. Three dollars a month, thirty dollars a year. Subscribe, support AFTN. You'll get all these extra podcasts and you'll be helping support. So three dollars a month or thirty dollars a year. Yes. Yeah. Oh, do both. <laughs> but there's there a lot of things that Herman talked about. I've put a couple of little key snippets in here that I want to play and then we'll talk about those after this. Man's man, I'm a man's man, I'm a man's man. Ladies man, I'm a man's man, I'm a man's man, I'm a man's man. Ladies man, I'm a man's man, I'm a man's man, I'm a man's man. Ladies man, I'm a man's man, I'm a man's man, I'm a man's man. Ladies man. You know, going into a game like this, the margins are tight, and you know that's that's probably up to the to the US to figure out, you know, how Canada might approach this game. So, you know, mindset wise. 
it's uh, the same as every time we come into camp, it's to keep improving as a group, to be better than we were in the last camps, and, and to just keep bringing that same will and intensity. And, you know, whether we play one way or another, with, with one formation or another, it'll come, come down to, I keep saying, it'll come down the will. And uh, that's, uh, that's what we'll be working on uh, to, to build that consistency against that type of opposition. About your selection, a few of the players in the squad haven't played for a few weeks. How will that factor into your selection for the game? Yeah, look, I think it, it is uh, um, an area for people to, to raise and seek understanding. I mean, the players that um, haven't uh, seen game time, there's always an element of, of match fitness that you would have to question. But we've worked behind the scenes with the MLS clubs, our sports scientist, uh, Dr. Cesar Milan, has been working with some individuals uh, closely on the grass with them uh, to, to make sure that their, their physical status and that they've been engaging in um, some matches with semi-pro or uh, university teams so you know there's been some work done behind the scenes to just keep the readiness of these players taking over but again when it comes down to these matches you know these players uh, their blood's always boiling for a game like this so a lot of those factors tend to disappear um, but yeah I mean it's always going to be in the back of your mind on selection Thank you, Peter. With regarding the selection of Dominic Zator uh, from Cavalry FC, you mentioned last month in the build-up to the game to um, the U.S. that he was on sort of like the long list and eventually, you know, you, you didn't make the cut. Um, so I'm just wondering what what was the difference now? What put him over the top in terms of him being selected for the game against the U.S.? I think uh, there's, a, there's a few things there, John. I think firstly, you know, when we were assessing and building into that first match, um, yeah. he'd spent a lot of time playing at centre-back or wide in a back three. And for the last few weeks in the Canadian Premier League, he's, he's been playing in in a position where you know we, we be, believe we're still assessing and building depth in. And, uh, you know, he's played at right full-back consistently now. I had a chance to watch him live in the, the CPL final. And he brings a, a physicality and a, and a real commitment to that defensive phase. And I think going in for this second game against the US, we I think many people have looked at all the permutations about what Canada might need. You know, one thing we, we may need is, you know, that, that solid... You know, defensive focus and the physicality of a, a Dominic Sator. So, I mean, it's it's certainly this game is it's played into what I've seen as his strengths and you know what what this team might need to bring in that second game. Just wanted to ask about kind of the reaction after that first game, especially from like US media and pundits. A few of the Canadian players talked about it, but is that? kind of all the motivation you need to give these guys now, just pin up some of the stuff that was said in the locker room. And and did you feel it was a bit disrespectful for how far this programme has come in the last couple of years? I think whatever whatever's happening, you know, south of the border is, is their business. It's, it's, it's 
it's for them to deal with. You know, I've been pretty clear in, in internally here with the players that we we've we've got way bigger motivations than than anything that, that can be said down south. Like our motivation is to qualify for a World Cup. It's to win the Nations League Group A with one reason in mind to to qualify for the Hex, which is to a to a World Cup. So. You know, our players, um, there's a clarity. And, and again, like we want to be driven by internal things like, you know, just getting better, getting better every camp we come in and, and that getting better takes us to that place we all want to be that we know can change our country forever, which is that qualification in the hex and then hopefully into the World Cup. Wearing the Canadian flag, flag, baby. The yummy fur. John Herdman there. You can hear his full press conference in our extra podcast, episode 33, that will be coming out this week. So, the approach for this game. Canada seemed to catch the US off guard with their attacking from the start and then not stopping attacking during the first game. Are you expecting something a bit more defensive this time around? which I think the US might be expecting, or do you try and catch them out again and just go for it? I, what I'd like to see them do is, is line up not line up defensively, but then attack at certain points. Like, pick their, pick and, you know, pick their spots where they're going to attack. I do think they need to be a little bit more tighter so they don't... Because you know the Americans are going to go for it, so you, they have to absorb... Yeah, the pressure's they, on them they to, have to, to do something. I know, they have to absorb some of that initial... That, that first 10... Possibly 15 minutes. I think the Americans are just going to come flying out, and you have to be ready for that, where you can absorb it, but then also counterattack and, and maybe uh, catch them off guard. I don't way. think you can do the exact same thing. No, uh, you can't. partly because of the home and away thing. Uh, you know, playing away. Uh, I would love to see them do the opposite. I would love to see them come flying out, gangbusters, in the first 10 minutes and try and smack them in the mouth. Yeah, and, yeah there's and, a good and, chance they and, might. And we have so much attacking totally. fast pace that can catch them in the counter. Totally. High press. That's if, what they need. If Canada yeah. take the lead as well early, the atmosphere of the crowd's going to be interesting. For me, the ideal thing is for Cuba to come and actually have a, a, a score a win over the US and just not even make it important for the game. Did, did, I, did I actually <laughs> believe see in miracles? right that there was only like 8,000 tickets or something sold for this? I don't know. I had a flight booked for this, but. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, I, wish, I wish I was going. I can't, I Disneyland, Disney World and all that. I wanted to ask Michael Bradley after the game today how he was going to lift himself for this match, but he looked like he was going to rip someone's head off and he was complaining about a foul on the build-up to one of the goals that I need to watch it back because I didn't oh, yeah, see that, it. That was mentioned on TSN uh, uh, during the post-game show or whatever. Because I saw him go to the ref complaining and we were all I watching it. I think it might have been the first goal or the second goal. I think it was the first, yeah. Yeah. It was it was the own goal. Yeah. yeah, the own goal. I did ask Jordan Morris um, how he brings himself down from this high now because you're you're going to be your emotions are going to be all over the place. And he says tomorrow he just has to forget all about this and just try and focus on the US. I think that is going to be a bit tough for them. Because, are they going to do a parade or anything like that? Yeah, yes, on they Tuesday will. they're doing a parade, so I guess he'll miss that possibly because he'll have to go and meet up with the US team. No, they'll go after that. Mm, I'm pretty sure they'll go after that. They should because it's like club. Oh wait, what, what's the what's the Cuba game? Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Thursday, I thought. 
No. Or the Friday, maybe Friday. Well, we, Canada we games Friday. on Friday. So it's Cuba. So it's the, the next, it's the next no, week. No, the Canada game's the second one, isn't it? Or no, the it's Friday. No, no. Oh, is it? Friday, oh. Yeah. yeah, so Cuba's oh, after, so that can't happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I take it all back. Defensively, you've got a centre-back pairing who haven't played a competitive match for weeks. John talked about their... The Whitecaps training, the, the guys, has really helped. Helped them out so much. But not Daniel Henry. Right. Who hasn't had his option taken up, so he couldn't train with the Whitecaps. I don't know if I mentioned this on last week's show. I meant to, but he's, told actually, us about it, he's actually been training with UBC. So when John mentioned there about, oh, but getting in with the universities, that's Daniel. So I'm not sure how, how much prep. Do you change the centre-back pair? And Vittoria and Cornelius did so well in that first game. Do do you stick with that? I I kind of might. I think so too. I think you have to go with what got you there. If they go in a, in a, a three-back, maybe then Daniel Henry gets in there. But otherwise, right now, I think it's, it's those... Uh, they're those the, two. Please, they cannot play three at the back for this well, for this game for this go game. Five three two, which I know is technically three at the back, but you've got your five because you've you've. I I don't feel good about that. I think you're. I think I you're. I think you're sitting four, too. If, if it's going to feel like you're sitting too deep and inviting the U.S. onto you, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They line up defensively, but then yeah. they actually show attack. Yeah, but I mean, Cornelius, we've talked about how good he's he's been in the second half of the season. He's done well with Canada. It, if, if Danielle comes in, do you think he comes in for Derek? For, no, for Victoria. Okay. It, it would be Derek and, and Daniel if, if Daniel does come back in. I would stick with Cornelius and Victoria. That's because you just don't like Danny. No, I just think they did so well that why, if it's not broke, why why fix it? That's just, so, so at halftime it's broke, then you I've heard of that, the saying. Hmm. <laughs> I got a chance, though, to sit down with Derek just before the Whitecaps broke right. up their training session just to talk about what it was like to be part of that first game and what he's looking forward to from the second game. So let's hear now from Derek Cornelius. Spoke to you before the the first leg game or the first game against the US and had such high hopes going into it. Did that exceed all your expectations? Just what a, a magnificent night that was? Uh, I don't think it exceeded our expectations because I, I think I told you beforehand that yeah. we're going to each game confident. So, I mean, it was, a, it was a great night. It was a great performance. But uh, I don't think it should be too surprising for, for most when you really break down the teams, the quality we have, the quality they have. Uh, yeah, I wasn't too surprised that we, we – I knew we had it in us to, to beat the States. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad we were, we were able to show it. What was it like playing in the game? The atmosphere seemed fantastic. And you dominated from start to finish. Is that like one of the best experiences you've been a part of? Uh, yeah, I mean the the stadium was was amazing. The atmosphere was electric. Uh, fans they really got behind us. Um, so that always makes it that always makes it better. Um, but yeah, it was it was great for for myself for for the, all the guys involved, and I'm sure for for all the fans there. So I think everyone enjoyed themselves that night. The, the aftermath of it, the way the American media. Basically, you got no respect at all from it, and a lot of folk were saying you basically you just have to pin that up on the wall for for the second leg. That's all the motivation you need to earn that respect. Do, do you just put things like that to the back of your mind? Do you listen to it, or does it get under your skin? I know Mark Anthony K sent a tweet out. He seemed really pissed off by it, but does it affect you? I mean, it, in terms of performance-wise, no, but it's. It's something that I think all the Canadian f- players feel that we um, we don't get the respect that we deserve or the fa- the respect that we feel that we've we've earned. So um, 
you know, again, that's more motivation for the next game. But, I mean, we're, we're pushing, and, and I think people are slowly starting to notice, you know, there is real quality in Canada, and um, we're just pushing every day, earn respect, or earn what we, uh, get what we deserve, and, and just pushing to, to make the country better in, in terms of soccer, and just trying to get to the next level and leave it in a, in a better place. The, the next game then down in, in Florida... You're hoping for more of the same and you feel that this is a team that can go there and easily do do the same thing again and, and have the same kind of game plan. Do you feel, though, that America might try and come out completely different this time around and try something that you didn't see back then? I'm sure they'll make some some adjustments, you know. Um, it's not going to be the same as it was at, at BMO, you know. It's going to be two teams that just played against each other um, a few weeks ago. We're going to, both teams are going to study each other, try and find uh, weaknesses that they can exploit. So, um, no, it's going to be a new day, a new battle, and uh, we're going to know that we're going to have to be even better than we were in, uh, in Toronto to get the results. So, um, we're going to be ready for it, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. So Having this kind of camp for a couple of weeks, has that really helped you kind of keep your sharpness there? Yeah, I mean it's it's good, you know. Um, I obviously it wouldn't have been ideal if um, if we weren't able to get trainings and if we weren't able to get uh, touches on the ball. So it's been good that um, Vancouver has kept the door open for us to come back and continue to to stay sharp to prepare for um, to prepare to prepare for this game. Um, Obviously, uh, we prefer having um, official matches, but right now that's not possible. So um, the Whitecaps has really tried to help us in, in the order to either, whether that's fitness or uh, work on the field, off the field. Um, they're really trying to help us to be ready for that next game the best, the best we can be. That's great. Thanks so much. Good Thank luck. Derek Cornelius is there. Excited. Not surprised with the performance in that first game. He told us it was going to happen, and it happened. The, the defence did look good in that game. I just want to talk a little bit quickly about Richie Larea. Had an article up on AFTN this morning. If you haven't checked that out, go to AFTN.ca. Just, it was a build-up to the MLS Cup, but also talking about his journey from where he was a year ago. He was released by Orlando, went on pre-season trial with TFC, gets signed by them, gets a contract. After the season had started, a couple of weeks into the season, he's had his best season in MLS, his breakthrough year. Earned his first caps with the Canadian national team. He looks like the guy that could solve all the the problems that Canada's had at right back. And it's almost come full circle because he can now go to Orlando, the place that let him go, and put in a performance that screws over the US. It, it would just be poetry. Wonderful. The other side, who's going to be left back? Now, Alfonso Davies, who we would expect to be playing on left wing and an attacking role for Canada, has been playing the last couple of weeks as left back, starting for Bayern Munich in some big games as well. Yeah, and it's interesting because at first it was, he was literally like David Alaba was being rested or or coming back from a knock or whatever. But this week, because they've had injuries and suspensions or whatever in the Champions League and in their Classico versus Dortmund, Alaba started at centre back and Davies played next to him at left back and did did fine. Yeah, apparently I did find the champ- seen a Dortmund game, but their reports yeah. were he did, excellent. He was rated second best player or something. Oh. No, no, that. no. Uh, tied for third best in, in Bayern. No, no. Like whoever does those, I can't remember. It was independent. It was treated out that he was right below Lewandowski. No, there's there was it was no it was Lewandowski, well, well, Thomas Muller, and then him. Ones. There's different ones. Oh, okay. 
I think I'm looking at the German ones. Oh, no one cares about them. <laughs> no, but he uh, he did well. In the, he did okay in the Champions League, and he did played really well in the Dortmund uh, in the Der Klassiker, which was a nice you know four nil victory for Bayern. If he is going to be playing in an attacking role for Canada, he's a young lad. He's still learning the game. He's still trying to get his mindset right. And it takes a lot to have a defensive mindset. It takes a different mindset to be playing attacking. Is it going to be easy for him to switch from going these who, last couple of games defensive to this? Or do you play him at left back? Yeah, refresh remember who played left back in the first game against the US. I can't even remember now. Because oh, Larea started at right back. Yeah. I wanted to say Mark Anthony Kay, but I think he might have lined up in the middle. Who played left back in yeah. that game? Yeah. Kamal Miller. Right. Oh. Yes. Because Key played left back in one of the yeah. earlier games. Would you play Fonzie at left back? Would you play him at the wing? Can he adjust the way that he needs to? I think it's tough for a young guy to to be switching like that. Well, he I mean he did he did great or he did well when he came from Byron playing mostly left back to playing uh, attacking against the Saints the last time. So I'm not I, I, I'm not too worried about him. Uh, as long as he just needs to be focused and yeah. go out and, and play oh, the way he and can I'm play. I'm sure he will be. Yeah. So just wrap this section up. Quick predictions for this one. I'm going to go with a 2 all draw. I'll go one all. I'll go... I'll go 2-1 Canada. Wow. We are full of optimism. The Nations League Final Four, I think it would be, beckons. And we'll be back with some more Canadian soccer chat after this. Hi, I'm Daniel Henry, and you are listening to AFTN. Welcome back. You're listening. To, oh, who are we listening to? I've forgotten our name. Yummifer. Oh, sorry. The White Wires. Ah, the what? That was. Don't forget your name. How can you forget any name on the AFT and Soccer Show? We each have multiple names, so it's, and nicknames and stuff. So it's it's hard. Not yeah. To well, we were, we were just talking about yeah. nicknames at, at the break. There, I was mentioning East oh. Fife. You, you, you a, had a guy from the X Men on your team. Yeah, we we had a defender. Alan Snedden, who had one eye, he had a glass eye, and he had one proper eye, so his nickname was Cyclops. Which, Did he appreciate that? Well, he he never never said. Sometimes he heard things from the crowd and he would look at you. You weren't really sure who he was looking at. But, yeah, we, we haven't been favourable to our centre-backs. I've told you the story before about us throwing carrots yeah. and hay at, a, at one of our own players. Ah, tales for another day. In this part, the tales are all going to be about 
Canadian soccer, Canadian club soccer. And it's been a, an eventful week in Canadian club soccer. The CPL season is over. Moves are coming thick and fast as players are getting released all over the shop. There's certainly going to be some rebuilds ahead for a number of teams by the looks of it. Pacific FC confirmed that it will not offer new contracts to five players. Mm. Goalkeeper Mark Village, defenders Hendrik Staros, Starro, defender Starro, Ryan McCurdy, guy I bigged up, yeah. Emil Legault, and winger Jose Hernandez, the guy that won AFTN's Residency Player of the Year for 2019. On loan defender Blake Smith will return to FC Cincinnati, at least for now. And midfielder David Norman Jr. is going, he's been promoted. He's going to MLS. Into oh. Miami FC. Into Miami. Me. Definitely have to do that song. A- any surprises for you there or for any of the other releases that, that we've well, kind of seen a- around the league? A lot of players saying bye. Well, Stero, it's... Uh, that was a big one. That has to be financial or something, surely. Or, well, or injury. Injury or, related, yeah. That has to play a role in it. I don't think... Did Silverbauer didn't play a role in bringing him in, did he? Oh, he... Had I a think role he would bring have. Bringing all but these like, guys I don't in, know I if thought, he had a huge, Well, no, he did, they they brought no. He didn't have a role in bringing all these guys in. A lot of these guys were Merrymen, knowing them from you know, the Whitecaps stuff. That yeah, that that is true. I was surprised Hernandez went, but I mean, we talked about this when we did our our AFT TN Awards of the Year. Hernandez is a guy that he's had mixed reviews yeah. from people, and at this time in Pacific, he had mixed reviews of his input there. And, I mean, he might end up coming back into the Whitecaps fold. We might see him back with the, the U23 development team. But he's got a lot of promise. I think he suffered from the lack of consistency in appearances. Yeah. And I think that hit him hard. But I was a little surprised to see him go. But this he, is a team that needs to make new additions and need to make changes to yeah. be more competitive. Uh, we mentioned, I mentioned it before about him. He is a player who can score. But he doesn't do the other things a striker needs to yeah. do, and that's what's lacking. In There's been game. a lazy tag occasionally leveled at him. Mark Village being let go, I'm not overly surprised by, especially because Sean Melvin is now kind of available. Seems to me Sean Melvin's going to be Pacific FC starting keeper next year. Yeah, I feel bad for Mark Village. Like, I, I, I mean, I thought he was a great fit there for this year. He'll he's go a, he, back into coaching, I, I think. Yeah, he, he's a good island guy, right? Like, yeah. I just you felt a good deep connection between him, his family, the team. Like, yeah, always great family. He's from the island, right? I'm not getting this wrong. No, I think he's from, from the. I thought he was from the valley, but okay, maybe I saw his parents on the ferry. Anyways, uh, he's a good BC boy, and you felt a good, good connection between him and and the team, and uh, him and definitely him and the supporters. But one Pacific FC player that isn't going anywhere is Marcel De Jong. And I got a chance to, to catch up with Marcel just before the, the last Pacific game of the season, just to talk about his move there, leaving the Whitecaps, the injury-played season he's had, and a look to the future. Here's Marcel. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. So, I mean, Marcel, I just want to talk about the year in general. I know it's been a... A difficult year for you, but I just want to take you back really to the start. Started off seeing you in Vancouver. When did you know that the move to here was taking place? Was it always in the cards over the off season? Uh, no, not not really. I mean, uh, obviously uh, when I uh, 
started the season with um, with the Whitecaps. Uh, I had a meeting with the coach because they brought in the new Cape players. So obviously, I knew uh, there's going to be a different challenge for me this year at the for the Whitecaps. So I was like, oh, uh, do I want that at my age? Do I want to like, stay? Uh, like at 32, 33 now, and uh, want to do I want to be on the bench? I said no, I wanted to play, so I, I made the decision just to uh, look elsewhere. And obviously, I know Robin Josh uh, pretty well from the national team, and uh, we always stayed in contact. And and as soon as they told me about uh, this team, I was always like kind of interested and in see what, what what their plans were. And so, yeah. And after a while, I, like, I was thinking about it, and then uh, it's not too far. We like BC, so we wanted to stay here. So uh, that's why. Uh, I think everything came together, and uh, that's why I chose for uh, for this opportunity. How much of like being a leader in such a young team did, did did that play into your decision? Have you had thoughts about going into coaching or stuff in the future? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, obviously, I, I didn't know uh, we were going to have so much uh, young players, but uh, no, I mean, uh, obviously, yeah, yeah, I'm one of the most experienced players in the team, and uh, yeah, but uh, that, so that that leader role comes, I guess, natural, I guess. I have to step up uh, when you have players around you, like uh, with a younger age. So that's something I, I had to do from the beginning. And uh, but yeah, obviously, um, I also want to go. Yeah, st- soccer is my passion, right? So I want to. I want to be involved in soccer anyhow. And uh, if I if I uh, be a coach, uh, I'll be a coach. And uh, but uh, for now, I still want to play. But uh, I'm thinking of the future, and uh, I see myself as, as as coaching. I'm not saying head coach uh, or whatever, but I see myself coaching. The injury was obviously like devastating for you. When you went down with it, did you know right away that it was a bad one? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it felt really weird, and I just knew uh, something was wrong. Because uh, 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 obviously, uh, when I when I have it checked out, uh, my, my my Achilles was just disappeared, right? So I just knew, like, oh, where's my my Achilles? Achilles is gone. So I just knew right away. Uh, it's uh, this is uh, this is bad, and uh, but yeah. To be to be honest, like, uh, even though I've been injured for seven months, uh, this was my uh, my my worst injury and in, uh, in, uh, in my whole my career. So I've I've been I've been lucky, I guess. Yeah, I mean, when you went down, it's like I looked and I saw you're never injured because it's like it's a guy you you've never been yeah. seen as injured. But a lot of folk are out for a season when they've got something like that. I mean, I was surprised that you, you came back. Did you always think you could be back by the end of the year? Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I'm always uh, positive, right? I mean, obviously, uh, everybody was saying, uh, uh, ah, no, he's going to be out for for a year, 8 to 12 months. And uh, so I was like, oh, I don't know, it feels pretty good. And every 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 week, every two weeks, I, I could do more and more. So I was like, hey, what's what's going on here? Maybe I, I, I do have a, have a chance to make it back. And uh, that was funny. I was reading um, uh, injuries, uh, sports injuries for Achilles, and I saw David Beckham have the same injury, yeah. and it happened on the same day as mine. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I mean like one day later, and uh, he made his comeback also in six and a half months, and uh, yeah, he was uh, back in the squad. Uh, I think it was uh, Milan or Galaxy. I'm not sure which team he was playing for that time, but yeah. So I was like, hey, that's 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 uh, it's meant to be. He's like always been my idol, right? So I was like, hey, that's that's gonna be me too uh, when when I come back. Uh, when I have the same timeline as he had. So yeah, push for it. How did it feel to finally get back on the pitch? Were you just like itching? When you knew you were getting close, was it just you were just itching to get on there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, yeah, when you're out for so long, you you see the guys train every day, and uh, in the weekend they're playing every weekend, week out. So you want to be out there as, as fast as you can. And uh, but it's just itching. But a good, uh, we have a medical staff that uh, kept holding holding me back a little bit, and uh, don't want me to uh, to rush it. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it felt really nice to be back out there with the guys and. Uh, 
yeah, and hopefully now, uh, yeah, move yeah. on and leave that behind me. I, it's been a crazy year for this team for injuries. Have you ever been part of a squad that's had that many injuries, especially to key key players? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, we have uh, dealt a lot of injuries. Uh, yeah, Henrik Stara was injured after the first game for yeah. three months, so uh, he was out. And Mark Saber's been struggling also the whole year with, with injuries. Uh, yeah, so no, I don't think I've, uh, I've played in a team with so many injuries, and especially when you have a, a smaller group and you don't have so much uh, room for injuries, right? So yeah, this extra it counts double for us, I, I think. So if, yeah, so no, I've never experienced it, but it, it's something uh, we have to we have to learn, and uh, and, and that's why uh, the young players have to step up uh, and show them what they're what they're doing. And like T. Terran Campbell, for example, oh, yeah. stepped up and is like uh, in contest for the for the goal scorer of the of the year. So yeah, so no, we have a, we have a good squad. Last couple of things, just about the team and the, and the league in general. From, from watching from the sidelines, what have you made of the team this season? It's been a it's been a struggle. There's been a couple of teams, obviously, that's kind of run away with things. But what have you made of this group, and what what is it kind of boast for the future? Because keeping this team together looks like it's going to be key. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like like I mentioned before, like a lot of young players, and uh, this is their uh, their first professional contract, and uh, they haven't really much experience uh, anything else than this. But uh, yeah, but the only the only way for them to get better is just just keep playing and uh, having games and. Uh, and yeah, it's it's like uh, it's like my injury, like fitness. Uh, you can train as much as you can, but is game fitness is different as, yeah. as as training fitness. So these guys need to need to train uh, and play games and keep healthy and uh, keep their mindset right. And uh, then uh, and if we can keep uh, yeah, almost everybody here for next year, that that will be huge, huge for us. The, the league in general, the, the standard and the quality of it, it surprised me a little bit. I didn't think it was going to be as good as it, as it has been, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Ha, have you been surprised or was this what you were expecting? Uh, no, I think everybody's, everybody's surprised. Obviously, uh, when the owners uh, make their decisions for who to sign, uh, they have an idea of, of what they did. And uh, I think they did a great job of, of selecting all these players. And but also for the other teams as well. I mean, it's it's all uh, pretty uh, pretty uh, pretty similar. So one or two teams maybe at this year that uh, are uh, uh, a little bit better than the rest. But uh, the overall, it's it's pretty much the the same uh, same uh, quality overall. And uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, to be honest, I was I was surprised. Yeah, that uh, the level is uh, was this this high. And uh, yeah, but I think there's also really, still a lot of room for two improvements. This last thing, season's obviously over now. Are you just you wishing it was a bit longer yeah. now that you're back playing? What, what's your off-season plans? Are you going to try and maybe go and play somewhere? Or uh, no, 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 no. I'm I'm going to be here. I'll be I'll be uh, yeah. Obviously, with my injury, I need some uh, more uh, more time, and uh, I finally uh, up to uh, to uh, to my uh, level fitness level, I think. And uh, so I want to. I don't want to lose that, right? So I just want to keep training and uh, yeah, take a take a little bit off and. Uh, yeah, reflect and uh, yeah, see uh, what what we can do better. I guess uh, if that if that falls on me, I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's that's something that we'll be uh, we'll be doing. And uh, yeah, just but we keep going. But I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm staying here. So well, we'll look forward to seeing you next season as well. And good luck. Thank you. Nice talking to you again. Nice yeah, catching up. Start wearing purple. Wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. Yes, start wearing purple, says Google Bordello. You should all do that.
Marcel de Jong there, honest about his time at the Caps coming to an end. He couldn't really be bothered at his age, battling it out to to try and get a starter or to sit on the bench. So going to Pacific was great. Bringing that experience to the team, you need it on a young team. But when you look at the experienced guys that Pacific brought in, Marcel de Jong injured, Marcus Haber, few injuries over the year, um, Issy injured, even Starro as well, who's kind of like got a bit of experience, got his injuries as well. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And the thing is, all those are different levels. Like there's two veterans in the back line, which is important to have a good veteran back line. Yeah. One guy in the midfield, one guy up front, and each of those guys was injured. And I mean, he talked about it there. To go this long in his career without really having a, a bad injury like this, it's testament to how good his body is and how he's looked after himself. And the, the quick fight back for it. I really thought he'd be out for the season. But the the game that he played, the last game of the season, he came on as a sub. He looked so good, not even at left back. He was playing left wing. And he shows what he can mean to this Pacific team next year. And who knows, maybe there's even going to be some coaching for him down the line. Pacific also announced this week that they're opening a new indoor training centre on December 1st in the Langford area, close to the, the stadium. 55,000 square foot facility yeah. will be their main indoor training facility, but it's, it's public use as well. four fields, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I can't remember the article. It, it, that's the place like two full fields. They're doing over the holidays, they're doing like a six-a-side. Oh. I don't know if you saw it. I, I asked them. They're the, doing a big launch on December 1st. I can't get over to it because it's midweek and I'm working. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think it is two fields. I think, I don't, I think four fields is somewhere else in, you know, in Canada, but two full fields where they can actually have two like, uh, full games or if they wanted to. Ben Fisk said he'd be on my team. Oh, well, that's excellent. And the six aside. So, yeah. And they'll be renting this one out too. So it's a good uh, uh, revenue well, yes, generator. Yes, good money making for them, for them yeah. as well. But I'm sure all the guys will be excited about that. Ben Fisk will be one of the guys that's very excited. We got his thoughts on a a number of things a couple of weeks ago, but one thing we didn't bring you then was whether he fancied a chocolate digestive. So you sit at home, you decide to have a hot beverage. Yeah. Do you have a tea, a coffee or something else? Uh, coffee for sure. Unless I'm with my mum, then I'd have a cup of tea with it. And what would, are you a biscuit fan? Uh, no, not really. No. No. What would you have with your, your coffee then? Uh, I'm pretty healthy. I'd probably have a piece of fruit or something. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> 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 it, it, if, if, I'm, if I'm feeling naughty, I'd have a cinnamon bun. Okay, that's all right. Yeah. Anyone fancy a chocolate Fruit with a tea or a coffee. When you said that, I'm pretty healthy. The first thing that came out, I thought it was going to say carrot stick or celery stick or something <laughs> like that, but he went fruit. I eat carrot cake because it's got carrot in it, so surely that is healthy. Some of my favourite chocolate biscuits are sadly no more. Mm-hmm. You won't have even heard of them over here. Yo-yos, trios, five, four, three, two, one. All sadly gone. And something else this week <laughs> that has sadly gone. Ottawa Fury. Sadly. I, I'm sad to see them go. Because and like we had Julian de Guzman on the show before when all this first cropped up a year ago. Sitting right over there. Yeah. <laughs> With his chocolate digestive in one hand and his bitter tea in the other. 
He's very bitter just now. He was very emotional at the press conference. He, he, from the description, I never saw the video, but the description said that he just basically had his head down the whole yeah. time. I, now, I know the Ottawa Fury split opinion amongst Canadian soccer fans. For me, though, this is a team that has invested in football, the women's game, the youth game, the men's game, for years. 2001, I think, is when the first women's team started. They were investing in the game in Canada when nobody else really cared or wanted to invest in the game. I think it's sad that they have to go out like this, but... Sad that, lo- sad, sad that they're choosing to go well, out like this. Well, that's what I was going to say. There's lots of different info coming out from different sides. So it's who you choose to believe. If you want to believe Kurt Larson... Hey, shut your mouth. <laughs> if you're one of Kurt Larson's fanboys, Zach... No, definitely not. A Larson shrill. I didn't even know what he said, because I don't... I oh. don't. <laughs> He's basically saying, oh, they got offered the chance to come into CPL with no expansion fee and to have a higher salary cap and a higher budget, all the other teams. The tweet essentially, ooh, I just had the tweet here. Um, It was... Oh, uh, actually, I did see this. He's tweeted a couple of things. I did see this tweet, actually. Yeah, no expansion fee costs would be comparable to USL, and that's essentially it. There was no mention of the... He he did another one later on saying that they could have had a, a higher salary as an adjustment which in itself is then not right because that puts them at a competitive advantage over the other team so I'm I'm not in favour of that let's not go too much into the ins and the outs basically CONCACAF did not approve them and then it's come out that the paperwork wasn't properly completed and they're saying it was that, that happened, and that happened. they said the same things last I year I know it's amazing how nobody can get paperwork done properly yeah yeah. Or read contracts. I'm sure the white caps wouldn't mess things up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, okay. I feel bad for like Fury, you know, Fury supporters and, and people who've been a part of things there. I agree with you. They have made a contribution to Canadian football in their, whatever, the last almost 20 years. But this is a. There are stories we can't tell right now. Maybe one day we'll be able to tell mm-hmm. them. But there are stories here that people are looking out for their own personal self-interest rather than what's better for the Ottawa Fury and rather than what's better for Canadian football. Maybe one day we can tell those stories and it can be maybe paint, uh, give uh, more context to what's what's happening. But I do not feel bad. I like I do not feel bad for the OSEG or whatever they're called. Yeah. I do not feel bad for Julian de Guzman as much as I appreciate his contributions <laughs> to Canadian football and have been blessed by his family in the past. But like I don't feel bad for these people for the decisions that they're making now. You watched you can, the game you, with his brother once, I think, and his and his dad. Nice. You you can you can say what you want about is this fair or right or not. This is the rules. This is what FIFA wants. Yeah. This is what Concacaf wants. This is what the CSA wants. There's also the the case. One of the guys from the from the Fury, I think, is on like the CSA board. There's a bit of yeah. a conflict there. Well, that's, the CSA not, gave approval. Yeah, they said they said they it was okay it's, it's for the because that guy's on the board. I think yeah. because that guy's on the board. But it's the Concacaf and the USL, US Soccer, whatever that they didn't. Oh yeah, the USSF didn't give their approval. Yes, which was an interesting twist to this as well. I, and only I only one of them didn't have to give approval. So yeah. But my thinking is, is US Soccer maybe their reasoning is they don't want a Canadian team because all these. American teams keep having to go to Canada. Maybe the the American teams didn't want a Canadian team in their league so they can get another team from somewhere else. But the fact that they're not going in the Canadian Premier League shows for that, now at least. For now, shows that to me 
shows that they really they're not willing to step back and say what is best for Canadian football in the, in yeah. the long well, term. Well, I mean, the, the big thing I would question is you'd rather go out of business than join a league that you don't really want to be in, but at least you'd still be playing. That is hard to get your head around. Yeah. Unless it's a big plan that they can sell their franchise fee for a lot of money to an American team and then come into the CPL in 2021 having a year's height. A USL franchise but fee for a lot of money? Yeah, believe it or not, they do go for some big money. I would say forty million, probably right. Somewhere but they don't. Need, they don't. Need, they won't still have the right because they've done the three years or whatever. They, it's all, yeah. They, yeah. USL do a, initially. They do a three year thing, and then it's like on a yearly basis, like TSF yeah. Rovers are having to do just now on a yearly renewal. But initially, they had to commit to three years. Do you expect to see an Ottawa team in the CPL in twenty twenty one? And if you do, will that team be the Fury? I don't know about 20. I mean, I would love to see it in 2020. I, I don't think that's going to happen. As well, I mean, we David Clannikin yeah. kind of come out this week and said that with every yeah. passing day, the likelihood of that is decreasing. Yeah. Uh, 2021, I would, yeah. If not 2020, then sure, I'd love to see a team in Ottawa in 2021. Do I think that's likely to happen? No, I think it might be even later. Do I, on a, because of how the Fury have conducted themselves, I would be okay if, if, if the team was not the Fury. I don't think it's going to be the Fury. Or Fury at least name, not or? under the OSEG right. ownership. Could still be the Fury name. Well, hopefully but, not. That's not a good name either. Right? Mm. Do you like the name? Uh, I'm indifferent to no. it, to be honest. I don't like a lot of the names for, for clubs over here, really, but you kinda, they kind of grow in you. I'm full of Fury a lot of the time. Remember, I'm an angry bastard. Need to bring that section back. I talked about David Klanick in there, just last bit in this section. I mean, he talked that there doesn't look to be an expansion team. It looks like it's going to be seven teams again next year. Stadiums seem to be the big stumbling block, as we yeah, but know only too well here in the Lower Mainland. Yeah, that's not a new. That's not like something you just discover, right? They, they, they've known. Yeah, that's they've known I mean, it, that for. It's disappointing if we're going with seven again. Yeah, it is. But we'll have a lot more CPL news to come in the coming weeks because there's the, the U Sports draft. Well, it's, like, and, it's on Monday, right? Yeah, so we'll we'll see which UBC players get picked for that and where they end up. Some well-known faces from former Whitecap days, I'm sure. But we'll be back with our final part of the show and we are going to go back to some MLS transfer chatter in BC Soccer Web headlines and wavelength after this. Hi, I'm David Norman and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. That was a bit dramatic for this time of the night, Steve. Well, it was the theme song. It's a more dramatic version of the theme song of the Rick and Morty show. 
which came back for season four. Yeah, I've never seen it. I told you you should watch it. I know. It's fantastic. I've been watching AEW, and they all had their Rick and Morty masks on in the crowd, and they had like... They did it last week or the week before? They had it two Wednesdays ago yeah. before we're still wearing them this week as well but it, it's a you would love this show honestly it is a it great show I love the show not with the kids uh, but you would uh, you would absolutely it's your type I'd of I'd like humor. them watch it Zach I like kids watching anything that's my parenting tip for everyone out there I am childless just to I would actually compare I would say you were the Rick and Zach was the Morty of this thing awesome yeah it, I've not watched mean. it, so I, I don't know what that means, but yeah, I'm thinking it's a good. If thing. you think of it, it's a it's a show. Really quickly, it's a show based on the politically incorrect Back to the Future characters right. of the uh, of the Doc and uh, Michael oh. J. Fox. So well, Michael go, J. They, Fox, yeah, they go on adventures, and uh, it's 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 hilarious. Mm, you're in shaky ground there. <laughs> now it's my favorite part of the show. It's wavelength time. And we're continuing this month with songs about footballers. And we're going way back to a player that played in the 90s. He was from Georgia, not in the US, uh, the former Soviet Republic of Georgia. This is a song by Kevin Phoenix, and it's about Gio Kincladze. Like you. 
Kevin Phoenix there with a song about Gio Kincladze, Georgie Kincladze to give him his full name, played for Man City back in the day, bit of a, an icon, a kind of cult figure down there. I remember seeing him on Soccer Saturday with Graham Leggett back in the day. Ah, he was he was a very, very talented attacker. He could probably still cut it for the Whitecaps, you just, give him I, a call. I think he used to set up Juve Rossler. Oh. Anyway, we haven't got much more to go. You'll be glad to know. Steve is. He's working tomorrow. Now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. Steve's favourite part of the show where he trolls the internet for exciting news and stories. Or he visits BC Soccer Web. Because I don't need to troll, yeah. Because bcsoccerweb.com is your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories, features and a lot more. You should do what Steve does. Read it every day, morning, noon, night time, any time of day. Make it part of your daily routine. bcsoccerweb.com And Steve has been very excited by some of the stuff on the site this week. Not excited. It's just every other week. Similar. They don't downplay it. Okay, sorry. I'm um, trying to keep my spirits and... Sorry, Bill. Okay, so um, uh, high. first story here, Landon Donovan's USL club has a name. Mexican a legend. <laughs> Um, it has a name and a crest. Yeah, the name is very ironic. Well, it's not- let me let you know what it is first. Uh, it will be called the San Diego Loyal, and they will join the USL Championship, second, so that's the second division. Uh, yeah, because when I think Landon Donovan, I do not think Loyal, <laughs> especially when it comes to club football. Maybe he's turned a, another leaf. Loyal is a weird name for a team, though. You don't nobody hear. there's, a, there's no, really ever any loyalty, especially nowadays. No, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, you get testimonial matches. I was part of a testimonial for Dickie Gibb. Anyway, so uh, next story here: Jason Christ. Uh, he was, I guess, he left uh, Real Salt Lake initially, but he's under he, a cloud. He's trying to show loyalty again. He didn't leave under a cloud, did he? No. Well. It was he said Puto to a linesman and officials. Uh, no, that was that's Mike Jason Petka. Christ. We're talking. Oh, about. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jason. If Jason Christ, who won the MLS yeah. Cup in two thousand nine. Jason Christ. Yeah. He might have. It might have been cloudy on the day he left RSL. Yeah, yeah. I. Sorry, you. <laughs> I, I. Yeah. Okay, so he's linked to, to return to RSL. Out. He'll be interviewing for the vacant head coach and GM positions. Um, he like like my Zach said, he's won MLS Cup in two thousand nine. Got to another final in 2013 and 
was in the CONCACAF final, and I can see Champions League, uh, CONCACAF final in 2011. I mean, he did all his best work there. Yeah. And his... By far, he did his best yeah. work there compared to his, the other two His spots. management skills and reputation has certainly been tarnished since he left RSL. Yeah. This is a chance maybe for him to, to get I think back. he should have came to the Vancouver instead of those big, bigger clubs. I like the guy that they had on the interim basis. He was nice to talk to. Okay. Very uh, friendly. That's what I base my management on. So uh, the, the Forbes uh, named... Not my own one, obviously. I'm, I'm a bastard. This last week, Forbes named their uh, the the you know the listed the values of all the MLS teams. Yeah, give you the top five. Uh, obvious number. Uh, do you want to go five to one or one to five? Five to one. Five to one. Uh, number five, TFC, three ninety five, three hundred ninety five million. Ooh. Seattle, the winner at four hundred five. Oh, they'll be going up now. The LAFC four seventy five. LA Galaxy five million more at four eighty. And Vancouver Whitecaps and Atlanta at oh. five hundred. Vancouver was 21st at 215 ahead of Montreal. But below, 20, but below the league average. Yeah. They were 21st, but they only actually did a top 20 teams. Yeah. Average was 313, which is up 30% from the year before. We need to talk to Man New because he works for Forbes, right? Well, Does he writes for them. Writes for Forbes. Okay. Because we got to figure, we got to see if we can get more insight. Because everyone, some people yeah, talk yeah, about this like it's like. Like it's gospel yeah. and some are like poo pooing it. Yeah. Well, no. Th- what they do is they base it on they, they. I don't think they they themselves say it's like hundred percent because they don't have all the numbers. But they base it on, you know, exact like examples are club uh, whether the club owns its own stadium and stuff. It like that. It just feels like every year, like it's such a benchmark for everyone, and yeah. everyone it's, quotes it and goes no, by it. It shouldn't be, and it should never be, because no way MLS is going to release this information. No, to I anybody. know, no. but I mean, I, we're away from the numbers. But there, <laughs> but there are people who. Like, I'll talk to them and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, you can't go by those. And then this, the same conversation, they're like, but this club is worth that amount. And I'm like, you, you know, like, we, it would be nice to know how, how much we can trust these, these numbers or how much how much detail behind the scene beyond what they put in their the article yeah. about it that there actually is. Well, and earlier you were mentioning you were trying to get uh, hashtag ball sack. Yes. Um, but the Republic FC actually sacked their head coach. Uh, Simon Elliott, after being eliminated from the playoffs in a Western Conference semifinal loss. Ball sack sack? Yeah, I guess so. Um, so, uh, and I guess they're preparing for MLS I guess by doing this. And they're doing the reverse teeter where they actually get rid of their <laughs> USL coach beforehand. In it's it's a good opportunity, though, now for someone to come in and try and guide this te- team from the USL into MLS like Alan Koch did with, with yeah, FC Cincinnati. and get fired in the first year. Oh, yeah, maybe hopefully more successful. Um, uh, down in South America, so- uh, Copa Libertadores final will be moved to Peru due to Chile unrest. Chile unrest. Chile unrest. Uh, the final between Flamenco and River Platte will, has been moved to Lima in Peru from Santiago due to the ch- continuing unrest in the Chilean capital. I'm just delighted because Paddington Bear has always wanted to go to a Copa Libertadores final. But he's in... London. Oh, he's he's back visiting his family in the jungle. Some MLS transactions. Uh, Atlanta United are reportedly trading yes. Darlington Navy to Columbus. Uh, be a little bit of a reunion there. The Akron. By the, by the time this goes out, this could be a done deal. This looks like it's going to be a mega, mega deal. Yeah, it's going to go before allocation money, apparently. We'll see how much it is, how much Columbus can afford to Reuniting do. with Uncle Caleb. Yeah. Uh, another trade that actually kind of has gone through, but it hasn't been announced, is a Dex McCarty trade to Nashville 
team coming in next year for 100000 in allocation <laughs> money and a second-round draft pick. Didn't they pay like four, five hundred? Mm. They, spay, they paid, I know, I remember they paid four hundred for Raheem Edwards, which right. was a yeah. lot well, yeah. at so, one point. Yeah, so was it for Dax, wasn't like close to a million or 800000 like No, paid a, it wasn't that much. Didn't they pay a lot for him? No, Dax wasn't that much. It was the biggest, first biggest one was Dom Dwyer. That was the one where it hit that over a million. million. Yeah, yeah, and Dom could be on his, his way out. And uh, oh, last bit. Uh, you talked about the union before. I just wanted to bring up a couple of points here. They um, they're prepared to go to strike if they can't re- reach the agreement. You mentioned that they've been talking for two and a half years. I think we mentioned on a previous mm-hmm. show preparing for the stoppage. Some of the other things are that they're going for is free agency to make it easier for people to move. Um, without that many restrictions, and especially not having to take a lower salary if they become a free agent, which uh, a lot of people avoided last year, luckily. Uh, simpler compensation, uh, that's the Tam and Gam stuff. Budget rule system, again, that same thing. Accommodations and overall consumption. Compensation. Uh, yeah, I was good. Travel was consumption, com- I'd be basing that on Stephen Fry's donut intake. Yeah. Uh, travel accommodations, obviously the charter stuff. That's what they meant by that. So yeah. that, that, those are the things that they're looking at. And that's BC Soccer Right Up Headlines. Yeah, the union stuff is going to be interesting over the next couple of weeks. There's going to be a lot of like saber rattling from both sides, I think. And I st- haven't got in touch with him yet, but I hope to have Bob Foose on the show before the end of the year just to, to have a chat with him. Wasn't able to, to make the conference call on Thursday. That is it for tonight's show. Did you learn anything I, from tonight? I learned that Stefan Fry likes uh, raspberry or strawberry, was it Danishes? Or donuts. Donuts, right. He likes to talk whilst, he likes to do his interviews while eating them. I learned that there's no way anybody can find out how to subscribe to Disney+. Plus. We talked about this during break. You were gone. You were gone. Oh. Yeah. They keep saying, click here to pre-subscribe, and they, you go there, and there's nowhere to subscribe. Yeah. Tomorrow, hopefully, Very we'll resolve tomorrow. Where, where I was staying down in Seattle in the Airbnb, they didn't have like cable or TV, so they had Apple TV on oh, the TV, yeah. oh. and I was like, oh, cool. None of the channels worked. You oh. had to have your own subscription. Oh. So I ended up watching Sky News and YouTube stuff for the whole time. But they had UK Sky News live, which was bizarre. And The Zone. You can't watch your Canadian The Zone down in the US. Oh, really? No, yeah. That's oh. really annoying. Oh. Well, you can't. Be- no, it's the same thing. If you go to there and you have Netflix subscription, mm. you can't watch no, no, the Canadian no, version. No, you have to watch the American version. Yeah, you version. have to watch the American version, yeah. which is sometimes nice. Better and sometimes not. Actually, there's a show I'm looking forward to next time I'm in the States where I'm like six episodes or something. Like and the thing is, just to let you know, if you're in the States and you want to watch a show with Coming Back to Canada, you can actually download it. Download it right. and then go offline oh, on your iPad. Offline. All right. Yeah. I was telling the guys I tweeted this out as well my exciting Saturday night I mean you're down in Seattle it's MLS Cup weekend <laughs> yeah. there's all these activities on so I spent my Saturday night sitting on my own in my wait, Airbnb wait, 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 wait. you got invited out I got invited out to a, a media uh, meal and instead and it was instead, pizza too pizza my, one of my favourite foods you should have just gone and got the pizza and then left oh, it was a drive to downtown and back oh. so I stayed and watched a live VMS L stream from Burnaby Lake <laughs> Um, good game. Guilford FC FASA 2, Renus Tigers 6. Five goals for Farivar Tarabi. Start the Tarabi to Whitecaps rumours now. He's Iranian. That'll be a good mix with Ali, I'm sure. That is it, though, for tonight's show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at Whitecaps Beat. For me, it's at Zachary AM. 
I keep forgetting you don't have a movement anymore. More prunes in your diet, that's what you need, sir. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada, on Instagram at AFT in Soccer. I actually did some stuff on Instagram this weekend. I think you said Instagram. I think I possibly did. <laughs> Stringing words and things together at this time of night after driving and having a very early start today. It's been a tough show, but I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back next week. lot more chat to come. Thanks for listening. Take care. Mourn the Canadians. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. <laughs>